0: This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. What is up, everyone? Welcome to The 20 Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider. That's right, our show is brought to you by BeatSource, the music streaming service for DJs that play. BeatSource has got all the music you could need for any and every gig along with expertly curated playlists, songs no other record pools have, custom edits, and so much more. Visit BeatSource.com for a free 30-day trial to experiment and see what you can do with this amazing technology. BeatSource link alone is just incredible. Also, you can use the code THE20 to get a 60-day free trial. So do that. Let me know what you think. You want to contact me? I'm easily Hit me, guys. Instagram, at DJ Spider. s p i d e r. Send me a direct message. And also, please, if you want to support us, uh, rate and review the podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. We're on every platform. So do that. Help us grow. Help us keep going. Um, you know, we can't do this without you guys. It's a community. It's me, DJ Spider. It's the team, Anthony, Vlats, everyone at BeatSource, and it's you guys, the Beat Sorcerers. That's right. We're all a team, guys. We're all together. Thank you for listening. Um, and I am so lucky to be doing this podcast. I get to meet so many amazing people, I get to learn so much. And today is no different because I've got on today's show. One of the most trusted people in the world of YouTube gear reviews. Someone that is part of the BeatSource and DJ City family. So I've been asking him to come on here for a minute, so I'm glad we finally did it. His gear reviews for DJ City have been called Tips and Tricks. They're legendary. Um, my go-to video, you know, when I want to learn about something or even when I... Wasn't planning on learning about something, and I get sucked into it. And he teaches me about a whole thing, and then I want to buy some insane video switcher I probably don't need, which happens on today's uh, episode. <laughs> You'll hear. Um, but not only is he uh, whoa, well, let, let me let me fill you in though. So he had tips and tricks on DJ City, which now has evolved into the Beat Source shows, two different shows: Beat Source Tech and Beat Source Basics, and the Basics is a tips and tricks type show, and the tech show, pretty self-explanatory. He breaks it down on this episode what it is, but super interesting, you gotta check the new shows. But not only is he an amazing video presenter, he's also a long-time open format DJ who made a big mark in the streaming game over the past couple years on Twitch. Um, he also breaks down the past probably 30 years of his career and all of the gigs he's done and, and what he's learned over... All that time, super interesting Um, and on this episode He breaks down his equipment And his process for his streams Which was crazy interesting to me I gotta go back, rewind, and uh, Write this stuff down Um, we also discuss all types of DJ Related things, of course, including DJ AM, he asked me some Questions, and I was able to tell some stories We talk about all kinds of other Crazy gear, from video To audio, to You know, DJ stuff, um And I even play him a recording of himself that I heard on another podcast and I slowed it down to half speed so he could hear what he would sound like if he was super drunk on that podcast, which, you know, leads to some uncontrollable laughter. Uh, We're like crying. I was listening to this by myself, so I had to play it for him and I think it paid off. I'm so glad we finally got him on the show. So please welcome Mojax. the 20 podcast we've got the man himself mojax give it up oh i don't even know if i have my. oh my god that's a scary sound for you that's that's that- oh, <laughs> the halloween special my applause got got uh, replaced by that let's see. okay and a joke <laughs> thing so <laughs> sorry about that let's give him let's give him the real the real uh applause, people. Give it up, Mojax. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. You're far too kind. There we go. There we go. He's in the place to be. <laughs> I can't believe we made this happen. We were trying to get you on the show months ago, years ago, but uh you weren't you weren't ready. You had to prepare yourself to come on this podcast. Yeah, just and
1: scheduling never worked and,
0: and everything true. else. You know, it's just one of those things
1: and you know, I, I, I sometimes if I do too many of these kind of things, it gets to the point where you're telling the same stories from your early life and stuff. People always <laughs> ask about you how you get got into yeah. DJing. So it's like, I've told that story on seven different podcasts
0: now. And like, it's cool. <laughs> but like, I don't just want you know, I want to talk about something different. It's so know, true. I, I, I listen back, like I try to listen back to other podcasts, especially if someone's been on road podcast or a very similar one. It, it, because I want to like avoid asking the exact same questions or go through that same like, you're a tech guy. What was your first turntable? table? I'm sure, you know, or like something that yeah. I'm sure everybody asks you. And I mean, sometimes different audiences, but yeah, I try to go back or I'll try to reference like you can hear that on road. Like, you know, here, just go back and, and check that on there because I get it. It's the same story. People ask me about like a Bill Murray story and like DJ AM or, you know, different Standardized well, I mean, question. That's the thing, right?
1: I'm I'm here today. This we're flipping this show around because basically I just want to ask you about DJ AM for about an hour. Let's go.
0: Let's make this a two way. Just
1: the fact that you you knew AM at all, like it, AM is such a strange phenomenon right. here in the UK. Because basically, yeah. apart from people who read like gossip magazines or whatever, yeah, no one who isn't a DJ knows who DJ AM is in the UK. As far as I can tell. Right. Because, I mean, did he even come and play in the UK? Like, even once? I don't know, to tell you the truth. I don't know. I don't think he did. I yeah. I, I might be wrong, but I don't think he did. And it's like one of those things where it was the internet, you know, everyone was on like low B and stuff all the time. And yeah. so all of us DJs in the UK were all lurking on there. We all knew about AM. We saw the videos, right. you know, YouTube was, was blowing up at that time. So we saw the videos, we saw it all growing, but we never got a chance really to see AM live, and it was all just like this internet thing to us, and like, we had this amazing, right. you know, this massive respect for AM from across the pond, but I, I don't think I know anyone over here who ever saw him perform. That's so crazy. It's like this, it makes it more mythical, almost, in a way. He's more like a mythical figure, because he's like this this guy that we, we never really got a chance to see before he passed, It's just like crazy right. to
0: me. And, 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 and you just hung out with him, like, what. Well, <laughs> That is wild. That is pretty, it is crazy to think about. And I think I do take for gra- granted the fact that I just hung out with him. Because even people I know here that I'm good friends with that are DJs and people that idolize him, they're like, I've never even seen him live or met him. And I'm like, that's crazy. I just assumed you did. But, and he, you know, he passed away a long time ago. So a lot of younger people truly probably don't know who he is or understand how big of an impact he made. And like you said, there wasn't very much like, you know, Instagram stories and like things like that, where people were, uh you were able to like, see we were him downloading as much. you know the hot 97 mix and all that yeah. kind of stuff like that was
1: where we heard am we didn't didn't have the lots of videos and stuff like that i mean we did see some videos but it was mostly yeah his mixes and stuff that were getting posted on soundcloud or whatever right. and it was it was a very different time for that but it was funny because you were talking to politic on on another episode about yeah. and he was saying about the european dj culture and how like yeah yeah, you know, to me in the late 90s people like David Morales and Todd Terry, yeah, you could go and see them in the UK pretty much every weekend and back home they couldn't get arrested in New York City, you know. <laughs> right. It was like crazy. And whereas AM was not that touring DJ in that kind of that UK Europe kind of culture that we have, he was yeah. he was very much about LA and Vegas and these kind of cities which didn't really cross over so I just I find the AM thing endlessly fascinating and I've, I've heard all of your stories about AM on on this show and I love hearing them because it is just a different right aspect of DJ culture that me especially as a house head doesn't you know I've never been a part of that Vegas I've never been to Vegas and seen DJs play or anything like that it's a completely different world to me but right. I find it endlessly fascinating and you know so but his influence was so big on us even though we never saw him play Right, everybody was just like he transformed the way people DJ. Hundred percent,
0: yeah. It was, a, it was a, it, incredibly important time. I thought that that's so crazy to think about. You're right. I mean, he really was very focused in, you know, on on Vegas and LA, and then every major market in America wanted, and Canada and wherever wanted to be vegas and so they imitated the bottle service culture and um you know started i remember he would always demand having a in the beginning probably a ttm 56 and a sl1 box and then a ttm 57 but those started to be standard in clubs which probably wouldn't have happened without him you know and just spread that that our type of you know, the open format, scratching, pushing buttons and, you know, mixing everything together type of DJ, uh, got more of a place, you know, in their equip the the equipment in the in the club. So
1: Yeah, and I think I think Serato
0: owe him and Jazzy
1: Jeff a huge Debt of gratitude Huge. because I think out of everybody, those were the two guys who spread the gospel and A Track. I would say A Track more than A Track, yeah. A Track, although he went tractor later on for a bit, didn't he? Yeah, but like you know, those guys in the early days, they were the ones who really pushed that Serato Scratch Live thing, and that's oh, yeah. what really made it acceptable all over the place. I mean, I remember seeing, yeah, Jazzy Jeff, it was probably around 2006, maybe. Yeah, 2005, 2006. And I saw him at Fabric in London playing his proper hip hop set when he had skills there as the MC. Yeah. And it was just, it blew me away. I'd never seen a performance like that in a club in my entire life. And to see him do that with Scratch Live. And I was already, I think I was already on Serato by then, but like he was using the 909 like the ducking echo and stuff and that that literally changed my djing overnight having seen that set because i heard him do the echo out and i'd never heard a dj do echo out before and (laughs) i literally like within a week i'd bought myself an efx 500 and a 707 and i was doing echo out on
0: everything and still to this day i echo out far too much oh my god same same thing
1: changed my djing
0: same because i couldn't get it i don't probably couldn't afford and i probably and then once i used it i couldn't figure out the 909 i bought the efx 500 i have it like i don't know over here somewhere i remember i was just showing it to drew from pioneer and he was like how do you have that and i'm like i have the 1000 too (laughs) but i would bring the 500 everywhere i went um to do the echo out thing at all times and talking about changing your djing instantaneously by seeing someone i'm sure i've told this story on here before but the day i met am Um, similar kind of thing. You know, I'm in Vegas with Steve wonder. We're doing this corporate gig where we're DJing eight hours a day. We had this new, uh, technology called Serato. We also had eight crates of records, you know, because that's what you did. (laughs) I had four, he had four. We were ready to DJ all day and night and we had Serato, um, with the TTM 56 and SL one box and my Vestax turntables with the ultra pitch, uh, thing That you could go oh, crazy yeah. with And I remember He came in And I had the EFX 500 Hooked up on the side Because there was no room So I could like Do my little echo outs And Use that little wheel for the phaser, whatever flanger or something. Yep.
1: I have uh, my, I pulled mine out. I'm just, I'm reviewing a rotary mixer which has an effects send in return. I pulled the EFX 500 out of the closet the other day. It's literally across the
0: room from me now. Like I just that's amazing. was just using it. it. Sounds like garbage, but right. it still works
1: real good. Like, yeah, great.
0: it brings it's the nostalgia. But I remember he came in and they're like we got this guy DJ AM, you know, he's Nicole Richie's boyfriend and we were DJing the Bongo Jeans event and she was the spokesperson, they're like so we got him to come DJ for an hour. I'm like this is, you know, crazy. He comes in and we had been I'd been on Serato, I don't know how long, maybe months, maybe a year, maybe just like a good amount of months. So I wasn't 100% ready, but I had been recording every piece of vinyl in to get my MP3s. You know, if I wasn't ripping the the cds and i would record them in side by side so that's how my mp3s were it was right. you know <laughs> ob trice you know side a and then i'd write inside a like clean dirty instrumental <laughs> and then side b like this song and this uh acapella and like i um And then I used ABS, you know, absolute mode, and I would drop the needle. And that was like... (laughs) Wild. Well, because I thought that's what Serato was. Like, it was to imitate vinyl. So, And then if I did doubles, I would drop it on and do the vinyl and do the thing. And I'm like, this is so cool. And then this guy, AM, comes in. First of all, he's playing pre-made edits and mashups, which I had never thought to do, really. I'm like, I thought you just played a song, or I did a live blend. And he has... These colors like on the file in the Serato and on there, the cue point, and he's pushing them to restart like the Billie Jean drums with like the Kill Bill whistle or like whatever it is going. And he's restarting it instantly and able to do doubles. And I was like you said, instantly changed my DJing. I look at Steve Wonder. I'm like, look what he's doing. We're doing everything wrong. He's using that <laughs> REL mode. Yeah. Like I didn't even know what it stood for. So we go back and changed everything, re-edited every MP3 and, and, and put cue points and, you know, changed the way I did everything. Started making acapella outs and all these crazy things and even figured out <clears throat> this weird hack that like I'll still do in Serato where I load the song on the same side that's playing to almost give it like an instant acapella out type of uh yeah yeah. effect um so yeah that was that was a big change uh for me too seeing seeing him and that was the day I met him and really like you said I'm the luckiest person in the world that I got to go see him DJ open up for him hang around him and just hear him talk and like my birthday my birthday's right around uh, Christmas. It's like December 22nd. So no one's ever around, especially like I grew up in LA and most everybody in LA is not from LA. So everyone leaves. It's usually just me and a few people. And he would, somehow like end up DJing some tiny bar on my birthday for like a few years in a row it was like the greatest gift I ever could have had in my life like <laughs> he would he would be like where are you guys going we're like we're going to this place super low-key he's like I'm gonna come do a Miami bass set I'm like all right he would come spin for an hour all Miami bass scratching you know we're just watching a.m. like five of us I'm like this is mind-blowing like I can't believe this you know so yeah being it's being so able funny to...
1: like people always say like don't meet your heroes you know what i mean and that's nonsense because yeah. actually all of my heroes have all turned out to be really good people yeah, I, you know i, and I think that, that's the key in the game right in the whole music game or in, in, in any game those who have longevity those who actually you know carry through and have a good career are those who are just nice people because if you're a bit yep. of a dick um you know pardon my french no one's going to work with you for very long right do you know yeah. what i mean it's one of those things you, you if you 're not a nice person in some way like you 're going to fall off, and so like yeah, I look at someone like Jazzy Jeff and I look at the career that he 's had and i 've got to hang out with Jazzy Jeff a few times and like just a super nice guy, yeah, you know, like incredibly talented, but the reason one of the reasons that he 's still on top of the game is just because he 's an incredibly nice person, and you want to spend time with him and you want to hang out with him, and that 's what gets you booked again it might not get you booked the first time but it's what will get you booked again if people hang out with you and have a good time and yeah. enjoy your company that will you know so i think yeah it's, it's nice to know that someone like am was fundamentally just a good guy yeah as well and he wasn't just talented and you know there's this image of super talented people like they're just kind of knobs but right. like it seems like he's one of those guys he was he was a real one you know like a solid definite solid real one eater, and I'm i think yeah
0: i think that's the thing that shines through even even more than being just quote unquote nice is just being genuine. Like you can even be kind of a jerk, not like a, like putting people down, you know, like bully, but you can be, say whatever the hell you want and be very blunt. As long as you're genuine, I think people will appreciate it. Right. Um, And Jazzy Jeff, like you said, seeing him do that stuff and being blown away by it. And then this morning I wake up to like scratch Bastard and a few people's Instagram stories and I'm watching them all at South by Southwest and Jazzy Jeff doing his thing there, you know, and it's incredible just to watch and scratch Bastard and everyone last night, I was like definitely getting a little bit of FOMO. Like I wish I was out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah not ready to go to texas right now <laughs> oh my god well plagues plague I, state <laughs> yes it is plague state but i mean i i know i had covid last month so i'm like okay i feel like i have this like Same. invincibility Same. okay yeah. i'm glad i'm glad you're healthy uh did
1: your family get three it? shots three shots and then the whole family got it Same. um no one was really ill i had like Same. a snotty nose for three days uh, and that was it so you know but yeah i, I don't I'd rather yeah. not talk about that because it's just, it is depressing. But yes, yeah, I do course. feel like, because I kind of hid away. You know, 2020, we yeah. all had to hide Same. away. That was the rules. 2021, I still kind of hid away quite a lot. You know, right. I, I I had opportunities to play places. The only place I really felt happy to play was in my sort of residency where it's like, I don't know if you have these in the US, you know, shipping containers, yeah. people build like a, like a maze out of shipping containers and there's like different food spots in each shipping container and I've stuff. seen it more like and more, it's more one now. one of those places. Yeah, it's starting to yeah, become a it's thing. it's one of those. Yeah. And I have my own shipping container on top of, so I'm like one level up. So I'm basically about 50 feet away from any other human being. I'm the only other person in the, I'm the only person in the shipping container, me and right. my <laughs> DJ booth. And it's like, I felt safe in there. I felt calm <laughs> in there because it's yes. like, I'm just locked away in my little box and like no one could come near me. And that was the only place I really felt comfortable DJing last year. But now I've had my three shots. I've got the, I've got the natural immunity as well because I've had Rona now. So 2022, I'm ready to get amongst it. Like, I'm, I'm all about exactly, it. Exactly. Um, let's yeah. go.
0: no i'm on the same page like it's not gonna get any better than this yeah (laughs) that's why i'm like i'm gonna take advantage of these few months before like something comes back or while i'm immune or something because same like i you know we're we're parents i think both of us are parents we have families you know older my parents are around like i didn't want to get it either i i i definitely went and did some things in 2021 but um i wouldn't go out a lot and do extracurricular stuff or see people and even this past these past couple of weeks i went out just to like watch politic dj at that spot he was talking about i went and saw yeah. him last week and i went out oh, to cool. see you know a few people i was gonna go see a track but i he went on at two in the morning it was daylight savings and i was like i can't do this um <laughs> my son has like 8 a.m basketball games and stuff but um but same and then everybody I saw it was like I've I've never seen you out I can't believe you're out where have you been yeah. and it's same kind of thing I was just like I'd rather hide away do my thing work on other stuff and uh be safe and then come out when I feel comfortable so it was around Super Bowl when I started I went out to my first like big yeah. party I saw politics politic I saw Mark Ronson I saw everybody there and I'm like okay I can sneak back out into the world and so I would go to South by Southwest if I could, <laughs> but I'm not going to. Yeah, um, <laughs> no. So yes, but it, it looks it looks amazing, and um, you know I think it's it's great to have those. You know it's it's a tragic loss to not have AM around. I mean, I would love to see just what he was what he would be doing on Twitch. I bet you he would be super into it. Oh my it god, can you imagine and doing yeah. the dopest shit on Twitch? I know it, but it's amazing to have Jazzy Jeff scratch bastard all these people and all of these amazing people that we either reconnected with or were reintroduced to through Twitch and were able to um watch, listen to and be inspired by. I mean, right before we started recording, I was watching the Gaff up in Canada. Oh man, killing it. Yeah, yeah. Killing it. Like putting me in a good mood. You know what I mean? Like I'm just like I watched him make an espresso and it was fun for me. Like, I'm just like, I'm eating a sandwich and preparing for this. And, and he's like playing Afro beats, you know, like old school, like type Afro beats. And then goes in the kitchen and makes an espresso. And it was just fun. You know, that's the thing about streaming. It's, it's so much more than just the music and the music alone would draw me into it. But it's, I get to know these people and their life and feel the vibes for real. And, um, uh, it's just such a such a great thing to have, you know, so at least we have all that inspiration. Twitch is, it's magic. It right? is magic. Like, Twitch
1: is, is, honestly, it's incredible, like, not just as a streamer, but as someone who gets to consume all of this content from yeah. around the world. It is incredible. It is, it's like a dream. It's like a fever dream, how <laughs> yes. dope it is. Like, it's incredible, you know, the fact that I can wake up in the morning... You know, I wake up and it's breakfast time, I'm, I'm eating my cereal and I'm watching Buck Rogers finish his set in the middle of the night, his th- you know what I mean? Yeah. i love watching him. Or like, I wake up and there's four colour Zach on, you know, doing the four colour Zach thing, which is obviously on a different level from most people. But like, yeah, <laughs> Buck Rogers, the same, like so many DJs, or I'll, I'll just sit in the afternoon, I'm editing a video or something, right, I'll fire up Twitch and just have some background music and there's people from all over the world. DJing and doing incredible things musically, visually in terms of interaction, it blows my mind every
0: day. Twitch is, it's, it is a fantasy land. Right? It really Incredible. is I because love it. I mean I you, we used to have to go out to get that feeling like that. Talk about DJ Am like anytime he was DJing, I would hit up Steve Wonder or like someone I was friends with that was around or DJ Equal or someone. I'd be like, we have you know hit, come with me. We're going to see him because there was no chance that we were like going to leave that night and not be inspired and have to find at least one new song or have to practice scratching or just some sort of inspiration would come from that night and you know there's so many djs in my life that are like that but twitch will do that all day long and especially during the height of the pandemic when there was nowhere else to go and i would go on a bike ride and listen to dj marky and playing drum and bass in brazil and then dj nuts playing an insane funk set soul set in brazil and then go over and watch scratch bastard and then everybody you know and head spin and i'm literally traveling the world listening to you playing uh, like your progress show or liquid drum and bass or whatever it is you know and then even meeting people like cleveland yeah. terry and all of these uh talk shows and and it's it's just been amazing it's the community
1: aspect as much as anything else that is yes. what really counts it's the fact that you can drop in to like random streams where you've like hung out a few times, and it's like cheers, you know, everybody knows your name, yes, kind of thing, and it's just like. So community orientated, and I just love that about it. I, I absolutely do. um And it, it's yeah, like you say, reconnecting with people that you haven't spoken to for a long time, and actually connecting with new people who you've never, you know, you sort of you're aware of each other, but you've never actually linked, you know, yes. that kind of thing. And you know, I, I live in the UK. I live in the northeast of the UK. I'm like three and a half hours away from London on a train. It's not like I can go to a lot of these kind of, you know big gigs and stuff right. all the time that are going down in London. So it's like, for me, it's a chance to, and, I, and I've got kids, you know, I can't yeah. go out. If I'm not DJing, if I'm not getting paid, yeah. chances are I'm not going out. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> just the thing that, you know, oh it's God. kind of been my whole life pretty much. But like even more so now, you know, I can't justify going out till two yeah. in the morning when, like you say, the kids got basketball at 8am or whatever. Well, mean, you, exactly. So it, it becomes, but, but with Twitch now I can connect with people in that kind of virtual sense it's the metaverse if you like in a a lot of ways like we can now connect with with other people through the internet like that and it is magic and i and it's not just us it's you know there are people who can't afford to go out they literally can't afford to go out but they can afford to sit and watch us twitch stream right on their phone you know there's people who maybe have disabilities or something they can't you know they can't go out raving when they want to go but they can be part of this music and dj culture that we're part of they can be a part of that now as well because they can sit and enjoy a twitch stream and and type and there's any kind of reasons why people can't go to see a dj perform live and so to bring that into their lives and radio certainly here in the uk and, and i think more so in the us now than it's ever been it doesn't connect you with a dj in that way no. Did it, you know, maybe at one point radio kind of did that a bit more, but now no, it's it's radio is is so commercialised and everything else. You don't get that personal connection, but you do with Twitch. Yeah. And I just it, it yeah, as I say, for me it's it's magic. And I'm now, you know, you talk about my progress show and the liquid drummer base. I've actually dropped all of that. Um well I will be, By the time this episode goes out, um I'm going full oh. on like funky, soulful disco jack in house. Great. Um, because in the, in the beginning of, cause you want to give some consistency to people, right? When they come to your channel, you want to give them an idea of what they're going to get. And I was playing all kinds of random different sets all the time. Right. And it's like, what, what is this guy Mojax playing on his Twitch? <laughs> like you turn up one day and it's completely different from the next day. I want to bring a bit of consistency. I'm now looking at Twitch as like, what do I want to play on Twitch every time I go on there for the next five years? So Whereas you're just going to try pandemic, to stick to one, you know, one thing one yeah i mean you know i'll go slightly different directions with it but it's all just going to be house right you know kind of funky you know and kind of accessible as well you know the progress stuff is it's a little bit niche yes when i started it i genuinely i've I've thought about this now because i'm approaching 100 episodes next week is my 100th episode of progress my two-year twitch anniversary is april the 1st give it up give it up And um, yeah, like it's it's the longest like musical project I've ever done in my life. Like I've never stuck with anything that long. Right. Um. So I'm I'm stoked about it. But part of doing that progressive house and melodic techno stuff is in the beginning of the pandemic. Firstly, I I thought might probably die quite soon. Like there was, you know, the plague was there. It was happening. (laughs) There was a fairly high chance that we were all going to die. And I was just like, if I'm going to die in the next couple of months, I'd rather go out playing the stuff that made me happy when I was, like, 20 years old. You know, I want to go out playing. I want to feel like a, a young person again. Like, right. and, and so that was part of what brought that to me. In the it's first true. Play. The whole world and felt like that. You know. Fleetwood
0: Mac songs were yeah, becoming I mean, number I mean, one. Everybody was going back to this comforting <laughs> music.
1: Exactly. And it was just one of the. And so but that's, that's where that kind of came from. And now I'm looking at it more as like, okay, I've done it for two years. Let's assess, I want to grow my channel. I want to be on this platform for the next five, ten years. Yeah. What's going to make me happy to play all the time for that next five and ten years? And that's going to be house and disco-y kind of vibes. That's amazing. And it crosses over with what I do as a DJ in real life, too, you know, which is more... I don't play progressive house anywhere in real life. Right. Right. I'm never going to get booked to play a progressive house night opening for Sasha. That's never going to happen, you know, but... I, I kind of do play f- funk and disco house and, and that kind of stuff in my real life as well so it, it's a lot of work to put together in a, a whole show of new progressive house every week that's true just for that 90 minutes and then just goes in the crates and then it's gone like never see it again I know it is I funny it
0: coming back into the world because you know? I do this whole set in Vegas that I'm like I wouldn't do this on Twitch but really after like a couple weeks ago in Vegas I'm like I should just do this set on Twitch. You know what I mean? Just see, because it's like I spent so much time preparing for this set and practicing for this and all that. And then I feel like this won't work on Twitch. But really, you know, I'm so all over the place. It's hard for me to hone in. But how did you decide to just switch to the one? Was there any specific things that happened or feedback that you got?
1: No, I mean, it's just, I, I see... Because I'm an open format DJ at heart, and always will be. You know, I love so many different types of music. You know, and and if you gave me Carte Blanche, I would play a different set every time I streamed. I'd play, you know, old school nineteen ninety two breakbeat hardcore one night, and then I'd do an indie set. You know, like play Arctic Monkeys and stuff for the whole. I could play. Yeah, that's me as a DJ. I'm, I'm a very open format dj in my heart and in my soul right and that doesn't really work on twitch like you have to specialize a little bit and my first love will always be house that's my you know that's what really all all varieties of houses that's my jam really i love hip-hop i love all, all this other kind of music but yeah house is my thing as a dj it's the i think my body's natural resonant bpm is 125 like just <laughs> i feel good at 125 bpm everything feels right in the world right and it's like yeah so that i, I was just like yeah, I want to focus on one sound. That would be an and amazing like it, image, ju- yeah. like
0: you clicking it to one twenty-five, <laughs> and then the whole world just comes together and the light shines. It, does, it happens though, mate. That's how it feels sometimes. Like with the
1: progress stuff, I start off at like one twenty-two, and it's like oh, it's a bit sluggish, and I get up to like one twenty-eight. <laughs> sometimes at the end of the show, it's like oh, this is a bit much. One twenty-five is like my happy place. That's fine. I'm right there in my happy place at one twenty-five, which is super weird. And it's it's funny when you DJ it like. Because I've never been a big practiser, I don't practise at home. I don't mix at home. Right. But doing Twitch, where I'm in this controlled environment, you're more like aware of stuff that you're doing musically. Yes. I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that's that might be true. It certainly is for me. I think. You so. Because yeah. when you're in the crowd, you know, you're rocking a live gig. You, you're you're watching the crowd. You're watching the bar staff. Are they having a good time? You know, is is the mood right? Is the, the dance floor rotating properly and all this kind of stuff? And it's right. like, But when you're in this kind of Twitch zone. You focus a little bit more on on how the music makes you feel and how it feels to you, and I I don't know it feels it's different from other kinds of DJing as well.
0: I think. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I mean, in the beginning, a lot of streams I'll be more tired than a normal DJ set. I don't know why. It's like I'm, you're like so yeah. on for the camera or something, or like trying to keep track of so many things at once. Your brain is like, yo trying to look at it's a
1: different kind of adrenaline yeah definitely there is is something because you are getting the feedback from the 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 chatters they are your crowd but like it's not the same as feeling that energy from the room and the energy of of a big room especially the kind of rooms you play you know the energy there must be absolutely just incredible to feel that wave of energy coming from a dance floor that big which i don't generally play stuff like that anymore that big my stuff's more kind of chilled vibes and Right. You know, well, when it's packed, it I is. Do but big rooms. These when it's days. not packed, yeah.
0: it's especially like, oh god, I have to just <laughs> fill up this room with sound <laughs> or something. Yeah. Well, that's even
1: more tiring though, right? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. the thing. It's it, it there's a whole diff- It's a it's just a different thing being in your house or in my case in the studio, DJing is a very different experience from DJing in, in a real venue. And you know, it's that controlled versus uncontrolled. And I love both still. You know, I love to right. just be out there in the thick of it and 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 yeah, you know, working on slightly dodgy equipment or whatever and trying to make stuff work and the sound's not quite right and it, that, that's all but there's also a lot to be said for yeah just DJing in this very controlled space and it's all your space and you can have your lighting the way you want and you can have your sound the way you want and all that It's it's a nice it's a
0: nice feeling yeah totally and people are making money like I mean I feel like for like you know, there's there's places that want to pay DJs very low rates, uh, especially in big cities where there's lots of DJs and lots of places, and you know they're offering people just a couple hundred bucks, few hundred bucks, which nowadays doesn't go very far. You know, especially for in the if you're like no. all alone, so to see people able to actually make a. I, I watch it i watch some dj's make that much in a, in a you know a quick an hour or something you know just a little hype train and like they make some good money yeah. um and they're doing a service i it's think it's not as good as it was D- you yeah, know, yeah. there's less money on there than there was because
1: yes. there's less people overall. But you still, by this point, a lot of us, myself included, have built up a nice community of people who are happy to support you. Right. And, you know, so there's not maybe the the amount of cash being flushed around that there was in 2020, but there's still enough to make it worthwhile. Yeah. You know, I think, and that's the thing, it, it's, it's not nice to, to do, you know if you're good at was the, the joker in the dark knight um, you know if you if you're good at something never do it for free do you know what <laughs> I mean and it's like yeah that's true like you should but you don't need i'm not looking to earn a, a dj wage for doing my twitch stream but it's nice to right. not do it for nothing yeah. you know like that's not you know I, I i've not made that much out of twitch but i've made enough to make it feel like i've not wasted my time and like if i told my wife I've done it for no money at all for the past two years. she would be like, what are you doing? Let's like, stop.
0: You know, so it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. there's
1: enough there that I, I could justify what, what I'm doing. Right, but And it's something yeah, you want. I, I, I mean, I don't want
0: to bang on, you know, you're talking about doing it for 10, five, 10 more years and being on this platform. So, Obviously, it's something that you see as something that could grow, and you can grow with it. And and like you mentioned before, too, the metaverse and the community and all that. Yes, that's kind of a buzzword, and everyone's using it for their own uh, narrative, however they want to do it. But in reality, I agree. I feel like Twitch and and all of this stuff is the beginnings of what the metaverse you know will be and can be. Be because we're 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 we're, we're making these digital. Clubs or lounges, like you're saying, and people around the world are able to experience this stuff that they had to go out before to do. So maybe it's the very beginnings, the 2D version of it, but um, eventually that will translate into it. And so everybody that's working on it now and getting to know it now will be in better shape, I think. To like, yeah, I mean, I'm not convinced that this, you know, future utopia of
1: everyone wearing <laughs> VR goggles and 3D avatars, no. I don't, th- I, I personally don't think that's ever going to be a thing. But I think if you want to, what is a metaverse, Twitch is a metaverse right now. It is a universe of, of people that I can go and visit from all over the world, different times of day, different parts of the world. Different styles, different things they do. You know, there's cooking stuff. There's music. You know, live musicians. There's gaming. There's so much sports stuff on Twitch. I mean, that I don't follow sports yeah. at all. It's not my, never has been my thing. But every time I log on, there's like the local, you know, the Tottenham Hotspur official channel for soccer. You know all that, and they've got like two thousand people watching and stuff. And it's like. This is yeah. We've moved what we're doing here into a new space. It's a virtual space. Twitch is a virtual space, and so yeah, forget about your little three D avatars. This is the metaverse right now. Exactly, this is happening, and it's so exciting. And I I don't think I I hate to bang on
0: about it, but I'm an evangelist for this. I I I love Twitch. I love it. I don't. And I think that people on it as well. People are gonna go as deep as they want to with 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 the VR, with all of that, I feel like tech is just like anything else. Some people like going on the internet on their phone. Some people like going on their desktop. Some people want to do the VR thing. Um, but I think that it's more about, yes, having these initial metaverses or di- virtual places and then it being able to interact with the other things that you like to do. You know, So if people like like to be on twitter or instagram or all these other apps that always have to be separate will there hopefully will be a space where it all works together and you can be on twitch while you're doing another thing and everything will seamlessly kind of go into each other um it won't be so so separate or i gotta get my phone out and i have to connect bluetooth and all that crap you know like hopefully that gets erased after a while um so um yeah i mean we've talked about twitch for the whole beginning of the podcast but we both love it <laughs> and twitch uh, and am i knew that's how how this was gonna go <laughs> i was just like hey, we're just gonna talk about am and twitch yeah <laughs> it's, sorry. it's the truth it's it's the truth well i think um i i was trying to think of like uh, us in real life if we had met and i know that i i met i i hung out with you for a good uh maybe 22 seconds in front of the BeatSource office. Uh, you were hitting that vape uh, pen that you're hitting right now. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. you were on your way to LAX, about to get an Uber, and I was pulling up to the BeatSource office, and I got to give you five, say what up, and then yeah. you were out of there. But I think that's the only time we hung out, right? You weren't at a... Yeah, it's the only time we've met. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. That's
1: incredible. Well, good it's to crazy. see you in I mean, person. I, I'm hoping to get back... <laughs> I'm hoping to get back to the States this year now. You know, I'm ready to get on a plane. Yeah. You know, talking about being ready for stuff. I'm ready to get on a plane. I mean, I know that air is good on a plane anyway, so you're pretty good on a plane regardless. But, like, yeah, I'm ready so. now to to start traveling again and start seeing people in, in meat space. Um, I'm <laughs> yes. ready for that now. And it's, like, it just, I can't wait. Because last, the last thing I did, the last bit of travel I did before the pandemic was Nam. It was then. It was then. You know, that was uh, when I like saw you. January twenty twenty. Right. That was and then the world immediately locked down like as soon as I got home, pretty much, you know. So that Crazy. for me was uh that was the last time I left the country. It was the last time I went on a plane. Last time I've been in really good weather. <laughs> wow. know, it was it, it was so and that was a great trip. I mean, I, I love going to the NAM show and connecting with people there. For those who don't know, that's the big annual trade show for all the music companies and the dj equipment companies and everything else so i went there filmed a load of stuff and and that was cool um it was just that was the first time i'd really done la like properly as well you know like been to the dj city and beat source office and and everything else it's just so nice to connect with everybody in that way And, and you know i do i i do miss that human interaction yeah with other people so i can't wait to travel man i can't i cannot wait to get out there again
0: yeah as much as people loved all the work from home and being at home and it is great and the luxury of it but there's something to be said about hanging out with people in person we're human you know we need that that connection
1: yeah i mean i i to be honest i'm quite solitary like i'm the only person who works in the studio and where you know, are, are, you are you right now whereas you have a separate studio I, from this your is house the t- yeah, yeah. Okay. This is the DJ City UK Lab or the Beat Source UK Lab. Now I guess right, we're going right. to switch it to, but yeah, this is the the famed DJ City Lab, and it, it's yeah, it's like a ten minute drive from my house. It's not far. Okay, um, but Got it is it. It, having a dedicated space to work is so important. Um, I know. You know that was one of the reasons I, I signed up with DJ City in the first place was because really. they had an office in Newcastle, w- you know where I live. Yeah. Um, because like DJ City UK was created by this guy DJ Play, yes. who a lot of people might know are on the scene. You know, you, you've probably met Play now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's a, a whole, you know, he he started DJ City UK with you know Quickie and Phenom and the guys. Like, he he brought it to the UK, right? And he's Newcastle born and raised, so he lives here. Okay. Um, or he doesn't now. He's moved to Dubai because he's a baller. Um, he's living that. <laughs> he lives Dubai in life, Dubai now? now. That's crazy. Even.
0: I didn't realize. that. Yep.
1: Yeah, he's just moved there now. yes. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's he he owns a Lamborghini. I don't know if he still does, but he's that kind of person. He's he's a baller. Damn, He's son. A straight up baller. He's that a DJ he's a City money yeah, right there. So, um, <laughs> no kids there. No no kids. I mean, that's his thing. Like, oh my he's, god, he's, he's like living that life. The no-kids yeah, yeah. money. Once, yeah, that exactly. That Lamborghini looks pretty, looks pretty distant once you start having kids. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to get me a Lambo now. Yeah, like, um, people don't realize. But like, yeah, so, <laughs> so it just happened that it happened to be, you know, the office was like five miles from my house. Right. And it was like serendipity. It was like, oh, wow, okay. Because prior to that, I'd been like freelancing for DJ Tech Tools and doing my own channel and stuff. And everything there, I had to get my garage. I had my garage, as you would say, and I had all my <laughs> – so I like <clears throat> that was like my home office was in there, and then to shoot a video I had to take everything out of it, shoot the video, and then put everything back. So even that whole process was like a day just to shoot, just to set up the shoot wow. and shoot a video and everything else. So having a dedicated space and that was that was a different office, but now, yeah, this one I'm the only one who works here, and it is just yes, yeah, like my little playground. I'm not like a little man cave. That's amazing. Just everything set up ready to go. I have four cameras literally mounted up i just turn them on and go um you know for the streaming side and for the shooting the videos it's all just here and it's yeah it's it's so nice to have a dedicated space to work it
0: really does change what you do i think in a lot of ways i'm sure And, and as far as like you were saying uh a little bit more on the streaming side but also you know we'll pull that into the hardware and the and the series you do in the recording um I mean, I mean, into the, you know, YouTube stuff. What do you use? You were mentioning before we started, and I was like, oh, I want to get a new streaming computer for the office. And you're like, that's old school. You got to do all hardware, ATEM, Mini, all this stuff. <laughs> so what do you use to stream and also to record? Is that what you use to record your YouTube videos as well? No. Okay. Well, it's, it's similar stuff. I, I use all Panasonic
1: cameras. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so all, all micro four thirds Panasonic cameras, like DS, you know, mirrorless cameras. Right. Um, and so I, for for filming, I just uh, I have an Atomos Ninja V. It's like a little monitor and recorder. Okay. So I put SSDs into that and record in ProRes, which makes editing super easy. There's not you know because any computer can deal with ProRes. You know, I'm using an old iMac for that. Okay. And it just edit it. It's like butter. It's like so nice. Um, so that's I have decent quality cameras. Yeah, I have GH5 and a GH5S. Those are like my video shooting cameras. Okay. But then I have compatible with the same lenses. I have cheaper Panasonic cameras for the streaming, for the overhead. So, I've got... I don't know if this one's set up properly. So, I've got my overhead. That's the streaming overhead. Ah, nice. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's my... Because, you know, most of my audience on Twitch are all like DJ nerds like me. So... We have the overhead streaming camera, um, and then I have another one ahead to the right of me there, which is like my front-facing camera for streams. Then I have another one overhead up there to my left. I've built like these frames over the top of the desks because overhead shots are so important to me with videos and for streaming. Um, And yeah, they're all just wired up, you know, permanent power supplies plugged in, so I can just walk in here and turn it on and go. Oh, that's, you know, that's that, the best. That's the whole, the whole thing for me. Yeah, tr- that's transformative as well, 100%. Then I've got another, I've got a GH5, which is, I use that on a slider, like a motorized slider and a gimbal for motion control stuff. Oh, nice. Um, I don't use it as a gimbal. I just use it, like program it to like move left, up and down, left and right to get those like smooth B-roll movement shots. And it does um, it by itself. It's all fairly, you know, Yeah, it just does it by itself, yeah um so that's you know or to just tracks it automatically I, I love a bit of movement in what i do and part of my goal with my videos over the past few years has been to really up that b-roll kind of game those those shots where you're just looking at the product and stuff i don't want to just have static right. shots i want stuff that's moving zooming in and out going left and right and just leveling up that kind of quality of, of shot and i i think it i'm getting there with it you know there's yeah there's some more advanced robot toys that i could be buying um mkbhd kind of Hundred and fifty grand, you know, movement, motion control rigs and stuff. But like, I'm, I'm good. I'm working it out. Yeah. Um. You know. And it, so. But, and then the streaming stuff. I use. I reviewed it on DJ City TV back in 2020. Is the the Blackmagic A10 Mini Pro right. was the first. I bought an A10 Mini. Then I reviewed the A10 Mini Pro, and now I've got the A10 Mini Pro Extreme ISO, which is it's a hardware streamer. So I don't. I use a computer but only for overlaying stuff over the top of my HDMI. So they've got HDMI inputs so I can feed in from any of these cameras through HDMI at any time. Just plug it all in. The the one I'm using now has got eight HDMI inputs. So I could run eight cameras plus a video player plus OBS from another computer. Wow. And then the box itself, the A10 mini, does the streaming. It's connected with an ethernet port to the network and I control it, you know, when when I turn that change that there i used that's now i'm just clicking with a mouse on the control software but i normally have a stream deck set up controlling that and it's just lit. again i walk in and i could just press go
0: on the box and that's the thing for me and, and how i know how do you, the thing how is do you enter is, the the yeah. info on the box like you have to hook it up usb to a computer and give it all the twitch There's control info. software it all it's all over the network so it talks to everything over the network
1: and oh it's I wireless can control it from there but yeah, well, no, it has. It needs needs an Ethernet thing oh, on it. Okay, um, but but when you're Ethernet, there, it's it, all it talks to it over the network. Got it. I got it. Yeah, and so it's all just networked together, and you can do so much with it. And to be fair, you can do perhaps even more stuff with OBS if you're like a graphics win in terms of overlays, that kind of person. All that, right? Yeah, like there's a lot of crazy stuff you can do with OBS, and and those who do it on a different level um like people i'm thinking of like joshua carl and people like that these guys who just do incredible visual things and so many pop-ups and all this kind of stuff going on and that that's not me because i suck at graphics i mean that's my whole thing right i I can shoot a video but graphics overlays all of that you know like designing logos and I, i suck at it fully i appreciate my limitations in life and that is one of my limitations i have no design sense Right. You, know, you asked me to make a, a flyer for a night that I'm playing at. No chance. You do not want my flyer. You don't want it. It's going to look like some Microsoft Publisher thing from like 1997. You don't want it. That's what's cool now. Because I have no. Yeah, I don't have a design sense, so I can't do it. So for me, I'm my focus is on because effectively these Black Magic ATMs. They're broadcast switches. That's what they are, right? they It's right. the same software that they use on the you know, $20,000 big ATEMs that they use for TV broadcasting and stuff, yeah. right? So I approach it as a video guy. What can I do with video, not what can I do with graphics? So if you're like super deep into graphics and stuff, maybe OBS might be a better way for you to go because it's kind of tricky to get all that into the ATEM. But if you're looking at good quality cameras with decent lighting – then actually that the ATEM is such a move. Like if you were to ever broadcast this show live, for example, an ATEM would be an absolutely perfect solution because you could change camera angles with your stream deck. You can have them change automatically, you know, as well. You can set up a timed loop so they just change automatically and stuff like that really easily. I always wondered if you could do that. it's super
0: deep. Wow, I'm, I yeah. was having that exact it, yeah. thought, as you said. It was like, because oh, I want to start streaming this show. I'm like, should we get the ATEM instead of a computer? And that's interesting, the the automated switching. So you can automate the switching within the ATEM software. Yeah, 100%. You just set it all up as like
1: macros and stuff. It's it's not the Crazy. most simple thing to do yeah. in the world, but it can be done. Um, and you can green screen. So I have my OBS on a very old Mac Mini, like a 2012 Mac Mini that I've had since 2012, that runs my OBS and my OBS, all my pop-ups and things, they're just on a green background, and I key them out on the ATEM. So I'm doing green screen with the ATEM for my OBS. So when my you know new follower thing pops up or whatever, that's on a green background. The ATEM keys that out, and so. Like I say, it could you could do the fancy graphic stuff with it, but ultimately it's a broadcasting tool. That's and, what it is. The ATM. Where does so OBS? That's why it works for me.
0: Where does OBS live in like the chain of streaming? Like does the ATM? The ATM doesn't go into it. Like you said, it goes straight. No, OBS goes into the ATEM. OBS goes into like Everything the ATEM.
1: Go, everything goes to the ATEM. I've got my Rodecaster Pro that goes into the ATEM. My DJ mixer can go in there as well. It's got like two line inputs. Right. Um I have graphics playing on a Blackmagic Hyperdeck, which is just like a video player. Oh, um, so I have okay. visuals playing through that and those I can like overlay and tweak a little bit or I can just have it cut to them as part of one of my routine, you know, my my timed things that goes on. Got it. Um it's it's incredibly deep, but yeah, it's not. It's a different sensibility from OBS and from that kind of designer computer After Effects kind of guy. I mean, the, the other one who's really inspirational to me is John B, the drummer based DJ. Have you seen any of his stuff? Um, I
0: mean, I fully. I recommend know if, if, if you haven't his Twitch you must. his Twitch stream.
1: Yeah, no, I haven't seen. He's it. on some different levels, man, with green screen. I mean, part of what part of what kind of pushed me towards that ATEM thing is. I don't want to do green screen. I, I haven't got time in my life to paint a wall in here green or to be setting up a green screen backdrop all the time. Right. Because this is a video studio fundamentally. this The reason this room exists is to make YouTube videos. Yeah. Me being able to stream here is like a bonus factor. Right. My priority in this room is always making YouTube videos. Of course. I don't want a green screen for that. That would look it wouldn't work for me. So I have to work within that parameter. If I could do a green screen, maybe I'd do more OBS kind of stuff maybe. But ultimately I like, yeah, I like the way that the ATEM works. It suits my style and my sensibilities. Yeah. And and it costs, you know, the the ATEM Mini Pro with four inputs, that one costs like $600. Right. And you can use it with any old computer. You know, it doesn't matter what computer you've got. Yeah. And that does the streaming for you. So compare that with a high-end, Graph, you know, OBS capable PC. What are you talking about? Two thousand bucks. You know, what I mean, for a decent start of gaming PC with, right. with loads of graphics grunt on it, you know. So, for and me, you need uh, the yeah, video just, card
0: and the, the, the camera way. and uh,
1: all, and that. and you need capture cards and stuff right. as well. Yeah, if you haven't got those, I mean, that's the thing. I'm now, I'm currently plugged in because we're using Ecamm for this recording right yeah. this podcast. I'm feeding out a USB from the ATEM into the Ecamm. So, so it's appearing to the computer like a regular webcam. But I could plug eight different cameras into this and switch between them in 1080p. Wow! At the at the drop, you know, the push of a button, That's and it's crazy. just appearing to this ecam as a webcam. And the vocals are. I can use it for Zoom calls if too. I want. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just a source the audio delay on it. Yeah, and it's there's no the delay. There's a webcam.
0: There's no delay with the audio because it's just a hardware piece. Well, no, I mean there is, but they've got
1: tools in there too. There is an audio delay you can apply, and it's and unlike OBS where you have to do all like the four hundred and (laughs) twenty milliseconds, the whatever else, you've just got a little dial you can dial it in. There's like ten steps on the dial, and you can just dial it in. So so I've literally, yeah, yeah, it 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 just so suits the way that I work, and I I can't imagine going a different way with it because I don't want to buy. The two thousand dollar streaming computer. I don't want to do it. Like, I've just bought an M1 Mac Mini. Yeah. Um, after the Apple keynote the other day, I, I was waiting to see what, if they you refreshed bought the, the Mac, Mac Studio Mini. or the Mini. <clears throat> no, no, no. I bought a, immediately after that keynote. I was like, "Well, I'm not going to buy a studio for two thousand bucks. Right. Um, I just want. I wanted an M1 chip because all of the DJ software now needs to work on the M1s, and I don't own any M1 chips at all." And I was like, I need to be testing Serato staff, record box stuff, tractors, whatever else right. on these computers. I, do, I have a lovely MacBook Pro that I use for video stuff. I have a PC laptop that I use for DJing. I don't wanna I don't wanna spend two grand on a studio. So I just bought the the like a low end M one Mac Mini refurbished as well, got a good price on it.
0: Nice.
1: Um so I, I, I'm literally trying that out now at the moment. It's cool, it's, it's super quiet, super fast. Doesn't have a headphone jack, which is why I have to use the Bluetooth headphones, which is quite annoying because they always used to have a headphone jack and now they don't. That's weird. Um, yeah. But I yeah, wonder yeah, why. It's I really, think has got like, you know, they probably figure
0: you use it with a monitor and that might have it. Or I I wonder why. That's weird.
1: Yeah. I don't know. But I, I do like the Mac Mini. It's a cool little computer. Like, if anyone wants a desktop machine, I don't think you can go wrong with a Mac Mini. Right. I really don't. Because you get a decent monitor for a couple of hundred bucks and you've got yourself a lovely little desktop. Yeah. And it's really good. I, as i say i still have a 2012 one running my stream stuff right you know and that thing's 10 years old now it's still kicking yeah. Imagine, you know a 10 year old computer still doing the business like that's that's crazy to me that's why yeah. i was always a mac person for a R- such what I, i'm curious what was the first computer that you used with serato um i
0: think it was a mac it was a MacBook Pro, probably, uh, because I was a PC guy, like, forever. And I would do I would use SoundForge, and I would produce, you know, m- music using, like, samplers and, and keyboards. So I had, like, a Korg Triton and an MPC, a Kai MPC 2000 and all that stuff. And then I would use, um, like, an 8, you know, uh, 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 sound card and go into a PC, and I would use Cubase to... Produce, do all that stuff. I'd use Sound Forge to do the editing and all that. And then I remember, what was it? Final Scratch came out, and um, that. But yeah, I, I guess it must have been a MacBook Pro. I think, i think I bought a computer in order to be able to use either Final Scratch or Serato. I don't even totally remember.
1: Okay, so let me let me tell you about mine, right? Because I have I have quite a storied history with. Like, around around sort of like 2003, 2000, that kind of period, I used to live in London in a shared house with loads of, you know, with like five, five other people. Right. And my best friend also lived in that house, and we used to DJ together, and he was a proper tech nerd, like a full-on tech n- we had We had like two meg ADSL line in the house when <laughs> everyone else had like dial-up still. i mean we had right. we had the hardcore like pro. he was he was the guy right he Amazing. knew the tech yeah. so he was deep into that so so we got like tractor um before it had any kind of vinyl control we had final scratch one then he got final scratch two we had miss pinky which no one even remembers anymore that was like an open source kind of one it was weird but like came with like <laughs> wow. pink vinyl that was half pink and half gray um so yeah we had all of these things and then I moved up to Newcastle around 2005 and I started DJing with a computer. And I started off, I was using Tractor, I think it was Tractor 3 at the time, was the current, now it's like Tractor Pro 3. It's like so far, it's gone round again. Right. But like, yeah, Tractor. And I was using a, a, a computer keyboard, you know, like a regular plastic PC keyboard. Yeah. And I had one of those and I, and I would take out loads of keys from it. And I would put stickers on the other keys, so like pitch up, pitch down, play cue, and all of that, and like write little wow. labels on it with a marker. And that's what, And but the computer that I did that with, and this computer then I carried on using until like 2007. I bought a, I, at the time I was like, oh, I can't really afford a Mac. Or I don't want to spend all that money on a Mac and take it out to gigs. Because then taking a laptop out to a gig was like a, you were brave, man, in oh, those I know. days. And I didn't want to buy a a Windows machine that I didn't know if it was going to be any good and I didn't know if I could trust it. I bought a Shuttle PC. Do you remember those? Like a cuboid Shuttle PC. I used to take my Shuttle PC and a 15-inch flat screen monitor and a mouse and a keyboard to every gig. (laughs) Like bar gigs.
0: That's amazing. Barging
1: on a Tuesday night. I'm rocking in there, setting up my shuttle PC with my monitor cable and my, my mouse and keyboard, wired mouse and keyboard, and like uh. my custom keyboard with all the bits taken out. So, yeah, I was rocking a shuttle PC. That's I incredible. rocked that thing for like two years, at least two years. And then eventually I, I went back to university as a mature student. And then I got the student discount with the Mac. So I was like, finally, now is the time. And I bought myself the white plastic MacBook. Right. You know, that 2007 white white yeah. plastic one. And then I didn't look back. But yeah, for two years, I was that guy with the 15-inch flat screen. You have any idea how hard it is to find a DJ bag that will fit a 15-inch <laughs> monitor in it? That's a challenge. <laughs>
0: you need a box that is at a, that I
1: managed, I managed.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, managed, but like, oh, yeah, my so,
1: God. Yeah. So wow. even in my early days of Serato, probably like the first year of using Serato, I was taking the Shuttle PC along with my SL1 and like plugging into turntables and stuff. And it was like, I I don't, I don't know where that, that was the stupidest thing I've ever done
0: as a DJ. I mean, like, that's that just a, like, that as DJs, we just
1: did what we had to do. We were
0: like, we're carrying all this shit. Yeah. Like, I would have to buy a new car yeah. just to be able to fit all the speakers. And it was, it was insane. I mean, insane.
1: by, you know, comparing it with carrying vinyl, it's not actually that bad. You know, right. a 15 inch monitor sounds like a really dumb thing to carry, but I used to carry like four boxes of vinyl to the that's game. Why, so it, that's why, that's why, rationally, you know, we're probably like, like it
0: makes sense. I, I remember seeing Tom LaRock, yeah. this DJ in Miami, and I came in and, i look i'm like is that your computer and he's like yeah and it was like the biggest iMac you could get and he just like would carry <laughs> it around the whole iMac with the wired mouse and everything i was like what are you oh, doing man. he's like yeah I just bring this yeah. around I'm like wow that's serious <laughs> she just put straps on the iMac and it's just like walk around. With it. yeah oh, oh my, my god. god that's uh <laughs> that's amazing um and and you know your youtube videos i mean a lot of people probably don't even know your whole background in djing we've just you know talked about it so much and and all you know all the stuff you do on twitch but i mean a massive thing that people know you for in the dj community and in the whole world are your uh youtube videos right for um tech and Everything, you know, I mean, I think you're one of the go-to. If if anything comes out, you're my go-to person that I'm going to go first and hear what you have to say about it, you know. Um, I trust what you have to say. You're very clear and concise. Even in a long video, you're still making sure just the important parts are in there. And uh, I feel like you're very unbiased but honest and uh, not afraid to say what you have to say and you know they're just great and the quality of them just continuously improves and you can tell that you care about them and they're just great so thank you for doing it over the, thank you. over the years <laughs> yeah yeah um, thank
1: you now you know on the, on the unbiased thing I'm a fanboy. For dope new DJ technology, like right. I, I fanboy about everything. You know, it doesn't matter who makes it. I I fanboy over all the dope new stuff, and it's my job to, you know, to highlight the good things about this new tech that we all get to work with now because it is incredible the stuff that we you know when you think back you know 10 years ago the the quality of equipment the stuff you can do with what we have now is is incredible but you know it's my job also to point out the flaws in things not with the aim of like you know attacking the people who make it but with the idea that next time they can make it a bit better you know and i do appreciate not everything works for me something that doesn't work for me might work for some someone else like i'm not a fan of virtual dj I just can't. Like in my last video, I was talking about stuff to do when you get back to the booth, and someone put in the comments, "Oh, you talked about tractor and record box and serato, but you didn't mention virtual DJ." I don't use virtual DJ. It doesn't. It doesn't work for me. I do appreciate there are thousands of DJs around the planet who use Virtual DJ and love it all the time, and it really works for them as DJs. And I totally respect Virtual DJ for what it is. Yeah, of course. I just don't use it. It doesn't really fit my workflow. So it's just one of those things where I have to put myself in the mind of, like, if I'm reviewing a beginner product, for example, I have to think, you know, if I if I was starting out DJing today, you know, would I want to start on this? You know, what what would be uncomfortable about this? What wouldn't work for me and everything else? So it's, it's putting yourself into the mindset of different people who might be watching and, and trying to understand these different perspectives. And I, I find that quite valuable as well to have that perspective of. Of other people and to hear other people's comments on stuff and that's why all, all of us dj youtubers all watch each other as well right you know like cleveland terry and nick spinelli and everyone you know I, I i value their opinions as much as i do my own because they come from different places and different perspectives and it's people think like we all got beef or something but we're all friends like all of us we're all friends we're all homies we're all tight yeah you know, digital dj tips crossfader all those guys we're all just tight because we all approach things in a different way. It's very each true. Other. And yeah. I, I find value in their content as well. And, and that's something that's kind of missing from a lot of the time from DJing. I think, you know, it's, it seems a bit cutthroat in some markets and stuff. And it's like, that's that's not the way things should be at all. Yeah. It should be that we're all just growing together. And that's what it's all about. And Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. The rising right. tide, as they say, you know. Yes,
0: yes. The rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah, exactly. Like, you guys are all yeah. in the same game. And, and you all have different perspectives. Like you said, I go and watch all the other people you named. You know, Cleveland Terry and Nick Spinelli and Digital DJ Tips. Because they'll all have a different take on it. And um, their own sort of, oh, well, you could use it for this. Or, you know, point out things maybe yeah. someone else forgot. Um, and, um, but so so... How you know? I guess how did that start? Like where where was? How, how did you make your first video, or how did you think to start doing that and posting that? Well, <clears throat> see what happened was I.
1: You don't really know about me as a DJ because I was not a successful DJ. I've never been a. I've I've been a working DJ. Like well, that's pretty time. successful there right good, there. <laughs> no, yeah, well, exactly. But I'm. I, you know, I was never a known DJ around. You know, I wasn't like notable or you know had any kind of fame or anything like that i was a working dj i was in the trenches you know there was a good five-year period where i was a full-time dj that's all i did and and that was my job and it it was great i loved it right it was brilliant and it was you know clubs locally all pretty much in the same city you know where i live newcastle It was like clubs bars i was djing four five nights a week earning a pretty good wage you know earning a good living and it was great but i got to like approaching 40 um and my daughter was born this is around 2011 my daughter was born and i and i started to realize i can't do this forever like i at that time i was still really enjoying what i did and it was before bottle service and stuff really came through that kind of killed mainstream for me was right. bottle service but that's a that's a different topic but like so i was still really enjoying it but i was, at the same time i was like i was working for the same venues or the same chain of venues a lot of the time and i was like if i fall out with this general manager of this place i'm down two nights a week if i fall out with the area manager i'm down four nights a week like i'm 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 basically broke at that point yeah. and it was like i need something i have a family now i need something a bit more stable a bit more reliable and so I, I went back and did this university course it was media production so i knew my way around you know editing software and stuff i mean we learned on avid and then the like literally the second i finished my university course they changed everything to final cut and then, <laughs> so like everything i'd learned of was course. immediately out of date but like you know I but the basics the fundamentals are there and i just thought what can i do and i thought well you know i'm i'm not bad on camera i, I i'm confident on camera you know yeah. i can even at that point, I was like, I'm confident doing camera, you know, it's not a problem. And I know about this tech stuff because I've always been a DJ tech nerd. You know, when I was a teenager, I'd go straight to the back section of DJ magazine and like look at the tech section and go look at all the adverts and, yeah that was like i was always a tech nerd yeah so i was like yeah i'll do that and i, I used to work for a, a mail a mail order retailer dex.co.uk back in when i lived in london still had friends there at that time sadly that's now defunct but yeah rip dex.co.uk um and they so they sent me through this new tractor controller thing that had just come out and i did a like a little demo video shot it on my phone. um iphone probably a 3gs at that point i should think or something like that you know it was <laughs> wow crazy um and then just started doing stuff from there and doing little yeah walkthroughs of products and you know, I've got some coverage from DJ Works, so big up to DJ Works. You know, Mark over there gave me my first kind of bit of coverage on his page, which brought people to that video or the next video. I think it was that I did a review of DJ on the iPad and it just kind of went from and then started reaching out to people in the industry and gradually just built it up organically a fair bit. Yeah, And then yeah, DJ Tech Tools came along and, and I don't know if I asked them, or if they came to me, I'm not. I think I probably asked them if they had any, if they needed anyone to make videos. And so I started doing freelance for them for about a year. Um, so it was a year of doing my own stuff, then a year of DJ Tech Tools, and then DJ City came knocking, and Styles came, and that was that was it. Then I was DJ City ever since. So 2015. Wow. Um, yeah, 2015 was the the beginning of 2015. So it's been seven years now with Amazing. DJ City, 300 and something videos. Um okay, and well. yeah and I just I just found it natural and I, I was learning and copying from guys like Digital DJ Tips at that point. Um and I always I always have to pay tribute to Kareem from DJ Booth dot net. He was out there doing those videos back in those days as well. He was a big inspiration. He's just given up doing the videos now. He's like he's a engineer, uh, IT engineer or something. So he's probably making bank doing that instead. So he's given up the YouTube. But like yeah, it, it's always. There were some good channels then, and DJ Tech Tools as well was was cool then as well. But yeah, to to have done so much now with DJ City and now rebranded it to Beat Source and right. just to kind of freshen it up, you know. Yeah, now, now it's the same gone graphics. From- right for seven years i like, know I mean?
0: crazy <laughs> it didn't feel, it didn't feel stale at all though i mean the the cool thing is that you were constantly bringing out new exciting innovative products and talking about them and the details of it so i don't think people are focused on like damn he has the same graphic but i do think it looks amazing well, yeah now. but they, yeah
1: there is always new stuff to talk about, but, it, and, but like I say, I'm not a graphics guy. I couldn't do that myself. Yeah. and now we're working with this like, bigger team at BeatSource, and we've got access to a lot of new and different kind of resources that I can call upon to get you know new graphics and stuff. and I'm, I don't feel like I'm putting someone out you know by asking for this kind of stuff. It's a much bigger right. team that we're dealing with. So I just thought, yeah, this is the opportunity. and BeatSource, you know, DJ City's not going away. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong, that's not going away anytime soon. Of course. But like, for me, BeatSource does feel like the future, and it's a tech show. So I naturally, if I'm going to do any kind of rebrand, now is the time. Let's rebrand it to BeatSource. That's how I looked at it. So that was the start of this year that we did that. And then the first video was the Rev 7 review, which obviously I knew was going to do big numbers. Oh I God. had that early on, it. so I knew we yeah. kind of planned it around that, you know, to, to drop at the same time. And it was just like... Yeah, now's the time. We're going to move forward. 2022, new look, new graphics, slight tweak to the format, a little bit, not too much because, you know, yeah. I was kind of happy with what I was doing. and Right. Uh, if it, if know, it's not broken, it's always evolving, don't fix it. You know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. no, I
0: think it looks great. And now it's called Beat Source Tech and Beat Source Basics, right? Is there two?
1: Yeah, so there's two two different shows, basically. Beat Source Tech is always going to be the nerdy stuff, the reviews and so on, which I really am into. And then beat source basics is more about tips because the irony is of course that, you know, DJ city tips and tricks was what it was called. (laughs) I probably out of 300 videos. I probably only did about 30 that had any kind of tips and tricks in them because that's not my, it's not where I feel most comfortable. To right. be honest, you know, right. my my happy place is like one hundred and twenty five BPM and talking about a new DJ controller. That's my happy place. Yeah, uh, talking about a DJ controller at one hundred and twenty five BPM. I am there. I am good. Um, so like <laughs> that was yeah. I, but I I want to do Beatsource basics. I do want to because apart from anything else, I think with Beatsource we are reaching out to a slightly different audience than we were. You know, like DJ City yes. was always about no one no one who's not a professional DJ is subscribed to DJ City. Yes, nobody like it's not even allowed like you can't do that right Right. so like you know the whole thing was now with beat source we are we're speaking to a bigger audience and it was like yeah let's get some slightly more fundamentals talked about and i feel more comfortable because the thing that was always my thing if i'm speaking to professional working djs how are you going to give tips to a professional working dj like that's a challenging thing and I, I managed to come up with a few over the years and there are some things that are really important for everybody like backing up your music and things like that which everyone needs to know about you know whatever level of dj you are yeah but yeah there are some things where i just felt i could, i'm like teaching your granny to suck eggs here i can't do this kind of tutorial <laughs> and <Right>. so <clears throat> i kind of i kind of shied away from it and i was i didn't want to do it so now with beat source basics yeah I, i'm going to do an episode about xlr cables and rca cables and what's the difference that kind of stuff do you know what i mean which yeah is a fundamental not every working dj is familiar with that mm. stuff necessarily and it's good to get a refresh yeah but i've been researching that one and it's like oh this stuff i didn't know that i've learned from it right and that's the beauty of what i do is i'm, I'm always learning myself like my latest thing is i'm, I'm super obsessed with lighting now like oh, yeah. DMX and sound switch and stuff. Never could care less about lighting before in my whole career. Right. Never did. Even though I started out as a mobile DJ way, way back in the day. But like, I was never a lighting guy and now I'm obsessed with it. I'm surrounded by lights in here. Right right. Now. I've got Is that because of your Twitch? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of was. Right. But also, it was because I was playing with that sound switch, which does synchronize your lights to your Serato or to whatever else. And it was like, I've, I've now started taking lights out to gigs like if I'm doing all night at a spot and I'm generally that kind of Dj I'm an I'm a open till close kind of DJ that's I feel most comfortable doing that in in a venue I'd rather open and close the whole night I just because then I've got control of that room from start to finish you know I know a lot of people watching this or listening to this will feel the same right it's, yeah you've, you've got that control of the room you haven't got to worry about someone else so if I'm doing a five hour set or whatever yeah I'll, I'll throw a couple of up lights in the bag. And then synchronize them up and put them in the booth behind me. And it looks super dope. And like, no one else is doing that. That's true. So yeah, it's kind of stupid, but it's kind of cool at the same time. So yeah, I don't know. But I didn't know about DMX and all this kind of stuff. It's like a different world. And now I'm learning about that. I I love to learn new things all the time. And so my new thing is I'm learning about lighting right now. And I think I'm getting a handle on it. So it's like, yeah, whatever you do in life, whatever your passions are, you have to keep learning and evolving your skills and your knowledge in that area. Otherwise you just stand still and who wants to stand still, you know, not me. No,
0: I agree. I think that's, that's like a running thing on this podcast. Everybody has some variation of that. And I think that, and everybody that comes on is like someone that's passionate about all of this and I think that's why you know keeping the curiosity um, and the lighting thing same I've never understood or been that interested in it but um, uh, I want to learn I would watch your tips and tricks on it and uh, and th- this podcast too I get yeah. to learn from people you know even things you've said today I'm like I'm going back and writing this down looking up the cameras and I want to learn more about you know all that Sound switch, DMX, all that. Well, that's stuff. why
1: I'm so happy that shows like yours exist. You know, and and there are so many podcasts and things for DJs now. For a long right. time, there weren't. You know, every no. DJ tried to do a podcast and they tried to do a music one, and it either got blocked by Apple or it just like fizzled out after two episodes. And like, there's now there is a good solid contingent yeah. around the internet of good DJ spoken content where people open up about all aspects of DJing. And for me, as someone who's always trying to learn. That is wonderful. I, I get so much out of interviews of yours that I watch. You know, I, I and and other shows too, like The Road and like the Five by Five guys. I was on their podcast recently and stuff. Yeah, well. same. And Nick Spinelli's thing and Cleveland Terry, like the, all these talk things. I want to hear about, you know, because DJing and music is my obsession. That's what I'm saying. You know, if you were to ask me, what's my other hobby? I don't have another hobby. This is it. (laughs) I know Uh, my job is my hobby. I love what I do. I love music and DJing. And so I just want to hear about it all the time.
0: Yep. It's true. I'm in the exact same boat. I'm so glad I can. Yeah. I feel the same And, and same. Sometimes people think, Oh, like, I don't know if they think we have beef with other podcasts, but that, Oh, they're separate or you're like this, or you're, these people are better or worse. It's like, they're all different. It's like the YouTube I, thing. I love to hear... Everyone's exactly. Different. It's the same thing. Like yeah. I love to hear road. I love to hear all the different podcasts. I was listening to Nick Spinelli's. I like to hear everybody's um, perspective and what they're saying. And and it's the same thing. I'm my hobby is DJing as well as my life, which I don't know if that's healthy or not. Yeah. But I end up. <laughs> yeah. uh, being constant you know that's why twitch was so huge especially during the height of the pandemic i was like obsessed cuz i'm like i'm watching everybody i'm listening you know and all this stuff so uh same same kind of thing and um you know i'm glad that you you've updated the shows and and like you said like i you know we were talking about it earlier it's not just like a plug for beat source like I would sign up for BeatSource Link and Beatport Link and stuff even if I wasn't doing this show or associated with them because I just love new technology, having the ability to bring new things into my uh, world and my library. And pe- some people say to me, oh, I... I don't know if I could switch over and I'm like, I didn't switch over. I just click beat source on or Beatport on. And it's a massive, amazing thing in my library. Even if it's just for research of to see what's on the 20 playlist or what's on the hip hop playlist. And then I go to Vegas and I do my own set from it and don't use it. Or sometimes I do use it, but I can, you know, it's like a chef with like a whole new like <laughs> thing that in their kitchen or something like I have a new tool for
1: me. Like, Yeah, for me, I mean, I can honestly say, hand on my heart, if I didn't work for BeatSource, I would pay for BeatSource and BeatPortLink both every month. Just sign me up straight away. I'd be there because it has transformed the way that I DJ. I mean, one of my things with Twitch above everything else, you know, when I I play live in real life, I'm kind of a, a, I play for older crowds now. I'm playing a lot of classics, old school, you know, vibes a lot of the time. But when I'm on Twitch, it's all about new music. All about new music. I'm all about brand new tunes. I try not to repeat myself on streams at all, if I can help it. <laughs> wow. Like, I, I, you know, if you hear me one week to the next, you won't hear two of the same, you know, the same record twice. No, right. no way. It, like, my, my Progress show is all brand new releases. Everything that I play on that show has been released in the past seven days. Oh, you know? wow. That's and, like, crazy. I started off doing that show pre beatport link and that was costing me like 40 50 bucks a show just to get the tunes for each show because it was all brand new now i get it all on beatport link beat source link for the you know there's so much like you have to dig for it but there's so much like soulful house and funky house quantized recordings and stuff on there it's wonderful and for my real life gigs that's where beat source really comes in because we've got like there's certain genres that i didn't really know that much about like yacht rock for example Yacht okay. rock was never really a term here in the UK. <laughs> like, you know, we, we had a lot of the records, but it was never like a, a collective term. Yacht rock was, we, you know, it yeah. wasn't so much a thing. Got so it. I'm going in the yacht rock playlist and I'm playing that at my food spot gigs and living the dream with that stuff because it's like, oh, I know these records, but they're recontextualizing this yacht rock thing all of a sudden. Yeah. And so for me, as someone who loves so much music, to have access to all of the music is life-changing to me and you know the offline locker i mean that is still essential a lot of the gigs that i play don't have good wi-fi there's a right. couple that do and i'm just like logged in and we're all good but there's a couple where i don't have wi-fi at all so a thousand tracks offline that's enough for me for any gig that i do a thousand tracks and that like you say it's in conjunction with your existing collection yeah all of us as djs whatever level you're at you've got your your secret weapons we all got our little secret weapons in there. We have got some random like Seraphin remix from 2010 that we still keep in the back pocket ready to drop. Or, you know, I've got like a DJ written from when Crookling Clan was a thing back in the day. Of you course, know, we've all got a, a, a few things from, you from the Bloghouse house times yeah. that, that, Sneaky, like free download that you got off SoundCloud and it disappeared straight after we've all got all these tracks <laughs> yes. in our library, and these secret weapons, you know, especially when you get to be a, an older kind of dj you've got those in there, and I'm never going to give those up; they're still there. You just play them alongside the other stuff, whether it's brand new releases or whether it's stuff that you're discovering for the first time you know and i, I I'll be honest, I put my hands up. I was late to Spotify. Like I was one of those DJs. I was like, I have got my collection. I don't. I got my MP3s that I've transferred with using iTunes to my phone. I don't need this Spotify nonsense. <laughs> I don't need this. And then it took me a couple of years, and I was like, Oh, oh, I can have all the mu- all the mu- what, all the music. Uh, yeah, it's and like it's just like too good to be true. It takes a minute. It yeah. takes a minute to get your head around it. It really does. And like, it once really you get does. Your head around it. You're right it just it it blows me away like i love having access cuz uh, you know i to be honest like i'm i'm so blessed now like for many years i i couldn't get any promo mailing list stuff you know vinyl cd's or you know even mp3s for a long time i'm pretty blessed now i get sent a lot of stuff i get sent a lot of stuff i probably get like 40 or 50 promos a week these days you know and a lot of it is you know, cause it's housey stuff, which is generally quite promo quite heavily to DJs yes. and stuff. Right. So I'm blessed to get that. And I love it. I find myself barely logging into like in flight and fat drop and stuff to get these promos because I know, same. I just get it off. Beatport or bSource link right it's just like i can't you know it's easier to go on there and get it than it is to go on and download through the thing and it goes in your dropbox and you have to tag it and da, 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 all this like i half the time now i just don't bother i'll just like wait till it comes out and get it on yeah. on, on a link instead right and it's like, or just having you know, those
0: curated I, like i don't you know don't do that many oh, weddings but or if i have to do specific things like you know, Nick Spinelli just put together all those wedding playlists or there's different people, yeah. D James, you know, that are experts in their field that you can trust. Um, and I mean, then- this is my thing now is I'm not, I'm not like a mainstream bottle
1: service kind of DJ anymore. Right. I I did that, you know, quite a bit of that. And I was very, you know, I've always been an open format mainstream kind of guy. Yeah. But now I don't do that kind of spot. I'm playing food spots, chilled out vibes, older crowds. But sometimes, if I'm on my travels or if I'm covering for a friend or something, I need to go and do a bottle service bougie kind of spot. I have not got a clue what to play anymore. I don't know what's popping. I don't know about your Cardi B's and your whatevers. I don't know about any of that, man. I've not got a clue. But right. I know I can log on to Beatsource and hit up the playlist and get that get that in my library and offline locker, and I'm good. Yeah. Afrobeats, like Afrobeats is so big in the UK. I'm sure. It's the biggest sound right now. I know nothing about Afrobeats. Can't I can't fra I'm not i can not i am not going to pretend like I know about Afrobeats. Right. But D James knows about Afrobeats. Yeah. He so does. I'm good because I've got his playlist yeah. in my in my Serato. I'm good. You know what I mean? And it's like that is it is is liberating. It is inc- it's just You have to switch your mind into that mindset of I have access to all of this stuff. Right. And that's where once it switches it just it switches in you and you can't go back i couldn't go back yeah. to not having it like I said, i'm proud of my collection i have a great collection of music i'm very happy with you know with what i've accumulated over the years all my files all my i mean 45s and stuff i've got a yeah, great 45 collection course. i you know still play 45 sets a fair amount when i play out which is great but there's no way i would go back to this pre link life where i didn't have access to this stuff anymore it would be bizarre to me now at this point right and i just think Yeah, a lot of DJs are going to take a long time to get their head around it. DJs took a long time to get around CDJs, and then getting around the laptop thing and Serato. You know, DJs are reticent to move with the times with this technology, and I think it's the younger generation who are going to come through and actually, because they've grown. Like my kids have grown up knowing nothing but Spotify. That's all they know. Like they see all these weird like black discs around in the house like daddy's vinyl collection. They don't want to play with that. <laughs> they log on in the iPad and they're listening on Spotify because so that's true. what they know. So the next generation, psh, they don't care. They're going to be straight on streaming all the time.
0: How old are your... it would just be like
1: water for them. How old are your kids? Uh, 11 or just, just almost 11 and 6. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean... Yeah, I mean, like my daughter, I bought my first iPad couple of months after my daughter was born in 2011 like you know that was my first ipad i got the ipad too so she has grown up in a in a world where there's been an ipad there's been a tablet it's so true my son she was a tiny baby and you know yeah yeah.
0: same same kind of thing and um and and like you said that there's like or or in my son's class like i'll have other dads like my kid has this controller but how do i get the music onto it you know and i'll be like well yeah and they're like, "Can you hook me up?" And I'm like, "No. I mean, I technically could, but really, you just sign up for a service, you know, and that's when I can show them. Yeah. Because if exactly like if I was a father of someone that wanted to become a DJ, you don't want to buy. Here's fifty bucks. Go get this many songs. Like, just sign up for a service that they have access to everything. Yeah, buy there. four records from the store. Right. <laughs> like, exactly.
1: Just, oh my God! Imagine those days.
0: Yeah. So exactly, oh you're word. you're sort of to catering yeah. to another world of djs as well as giving the opportunity for the the more established djs to figure out a way to utilize this new technology and it's run by djs so i think people are real like the people that are running it are constantly um you know figuring out okay this would be better we can improve the search like this we can improve the playlisting like this or you know there are obviously things that that need to be worked on and that are being worked on and have improved so much over the past year or six months and yeah. you know are getting better all the time i mean that that
1: was kind of the big thing for me was like i i, I rather infamously reviewed pulse locker back in the day yeah. Pulse locker. oh yeah i had it yeah i i i I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I played quite a big role in them dying. I, I, I'm sorry to say. Um, but, you know, this, this beat source link technology is fundamentally the same technology, right? So it's, yeah, yes. offline locker and all of that, right? right? Which is which other services aren't, they can't have that. And like, I, the, the problem with Pulse Locker was not the technology. I was impressed by the technology. What the problem was that you could tell that no one involved in running that service was a DJ and knew what DJs needed. Exactly. And that's, the problem like if you don't have that as a fundamental of your service doesn't matter how good the technology is if the people there don't understand what djs need it's a waste of time it's never going to work yeah you know and and so there were so many things when when we began the beat source project and when it came through my i was putting my hand up in the meeting to say yeah pulse locker used to do this we can't do that we need to not do that you Know and all of this stuff, and we don't do a lot of the things that annoyed me about what Pulse Locker did and the way that their catalog was, and all of these issues around it. We we made very sure that we don't do that at Beat Source, we do things as a DJ needs them to be done because yeah. everyone who works there pretty much is a DJ, like it's yeah. just the nature of it, as it was, as it's always been with DJ City before it. Yep. You know, nearly I, I don't think there's anyone who's not a DJ, like Anthony, maybe he's not a DJ, like he, you know, he's like the only guy, like everyone else right but even he yeah, understands and he's a DJ. uh and probably I mean, is, he knows the dj yeah. cult. he's been in it in a long time you know but like yeah everyone know you know everyone who works there it understands what djing is and that's that's the crucial thing when you when you've got a team like that who know what the culture is and how important the culture is and how things should work and so that's why i think beatsource fundamentally does work it's it's honestly as i say i would pay for both services every month without any complaint whatsoever, if I if I couldn't get them as part of my job, I would pay for both in a heartbeat and, and I couldn't I wouldn't want to go back. I yeah. DJing without them now there would would be like losing a big part of what I do. So yeah, that's that's and yeah. that that change has come over the past since it was around like I think mid twenty twenty, I think. And I started to really get in my head. It took me a little took me a minute to really get it into my workflow. And that's the thing, you're changing up everything you do. It's like going from yeah, like going from vinyl to the buying CDs, and then you're going from buying CDs to burning CDs. Right. And it's like, how do you mark your CDs? Do you like print off labels or are you a, a Sharpie guy, who just writes random stuff? I was a random stuff with the Sharpie kind of guy. Like, oh, it's that one with the star on it. That's that's that track. Just yeah. throw that in. That's track seven on there, that kind of stuff. Everyone's got their own way of working with it, and it, it takes a while to Incorporate any new tech into your life and and make it work for you but if you you know you the rewards are there if you put it in put in the effort They're they're definitely there i think
0: yeah no i i agree 100 percent. um and but i have noticed like like we spoke earlier that the a uh, couple djs that have come on recently were talking to me about um using usb sticks and record box and that sort of plays into what you're saying about open format djs sometimes being late to the party with a lot of stuff because it's funny. Now a lot of open format DJs are like, yo, bro, I'm on USB sticks. And like people, other DJs had been on it forever and it's been a thing. <laughs> yeah. And now we're all telling each other, like, it's really cool, man. You can put a USB stick in the CDJ. <laughs> other people are like, I've been doing this for eight years. What are you talking about? But why do you think that's becoming a popular thing um i think among people that maybe were used to using serato
1: well i think that the hardware has got better
0: yeah that's true
1: without a doubt i mean you know i i I actually went through a phase i had tractor uh, serato for many years i had a couple of years on tractor because a track and craze were using it Mm -hmm. at the time and i wanted to try out what they were using and so i had a couple of years on tractor and then i i bought some cdj 2000 nexus players and I bought them full price, and, and I used pretty much nothing but those for about two or three years after In fact, probably longer than that. Um, that was my main platform. So I was just playing off a USB stick, or rather, in my case, SD card, because that's okay. the pro tip. SD cards are the way forward, because no, no one can steal them out the top. Right. USB stick, someone could just walk past and rip it out. SD card, you have to open the little door, and it's all the whole thing. So SD card is the way forward. That's true. Um, I used How to have come, a why is USB gig the the standard though it seems like no one
0: does the SD. not
1: not every player has an sd card slot only the 2000s and 3000s oh, so if you true. have like xdj 1000s or something they don't have an, an sd card slot and it's just that people don't really know that it's an option i think a lot of the time they don't understand right. why you'd want to use it but it's, it's just it's, as fast. It's easier. Sometimes faster, not that a not that a USB.
0: Yeah, and not that a USB is so huge to carry around. But the SD card's even easier. <laughs> You're just like putting in yeah, your yeah, wallet. It's, it's the way, but yeah. So,
1: so I had a two five six gig SD card, and I did all my gigs open format fully with those. I had like ten thousand tracks on there, you know, um, which is a lot of tracks. A like lot. That's, that's plenty for me. Yeah. Um, and I found it, you know, what, what Politic was saying about it, it does kind of feel like. it's... It seems like topsy-turvy like it's on its head but actually it does feel more like a pure way of DJing yeah because even though I had 10,000 tracks on that stick each playlist on record box and I think it's still true today can only hold a thousand tracks okay. so there's none of you like serato playlist with like or serato crate with like 5,000 tracks oh, okay I didn't you've know got a thousand tracks at the most and so I had my, like, main club, you know, open format club banger folder or my playlist. yeah. And every time I wanted to put a new track into that, because I got up to 1,000, I had to yeah. take stuff out.
0: Oh, okay. And it's like
1: your record crate again. It's like going back to your record crate. It's like, ah, oh, right. okay, I've got these new records I need you to put in this crate. I'm not going to fit them in. I need to take a couple of ones out that I don't play very much. And it, it really encourages good. you to be yeah. very kind of precise, yeah, with how you work with your music. And so for me, that was a, a, big, a, a big part of it. And there is the thing if you're not looking at a screen and, you know, you're looking down at the hardware to control what you're doing. So you are look at, like you used to look at a record to see where the timing is and yeah. the little darker bits and the grooves and stuff. So in many ways, it does feel like a more kind of pure way of DJing, which is it sounds ironic and it sounds wrong, but it kind of feels like that sometimes, even though you don't have a spinning platter and all this like, you know, it's it's a. A very precise and a very kind of pure experience and i did love it i mean right now i don't really play off usb or sd card at all because i am using BeatSource link and i use my offline locker so i tend to hook up record box in performance mode and just use that with the cdjs or serato with hid or, or whatever else depending on on the hardware that i'm using right so but i i certainly see the appeal of that and i do really hope that pioneer dj get in the 3000s they get you know, link streaming in there at some point. That because they've be actually done that already. You can amazing. A, you can access Dropbox from it now. Right. They actually put this tech is in the players now in the 3000s. You can access, like, if they call it the cloud library. So there's no reason why you couldn't access your link library too. So, nice. like, I think, fingers crossed, and I, um, come on, Pioneer DJ, make it happen, please. I want to see that in the players. Because the Denon players can already do the streaming, And they're super dope players, but you don't find that, you know. You don't obviously find them in as many venues and stuff. And I'm not—I'm too old to carry around players. I'm too old for that nonsense. (laughs) Um, So, like, I—I will—I will will generally use what's there, either turntables or CDJs. But like, they can already do the streaming. They can't do the offline locker yet. I mean, hopefully that's coming soon. But you can stream. So, you know, when I started doing my progress shows, I was like streaming directly into the Denon players, straight from the cloud, from you know, from Link. Wow. all the time and so the technology it's is almost all coming together perfectly but it's yeah. not quite like you know it's, it's almost there and I think you know in the next couple of years we are going to be in a very different place in terms of the hardware and what it can do because the thing is with the 3000s and I you know uh, I love the 3000s but they are the first product I think it's fair to say that Pioneer DJ have really updated they've always been quite notorious certainly in my eyes they release a product it gets a few firmware updates to like tidy things up and then you never that's it then it's done right. the 3000s are, they're so powerful in terms of the hardware inside there's so much more potential inside them and pioneer dj keep adding new stuff in as time goes on and i think that is yeah. the sign of the future for them as a company which is really good so I, i'm i'm pretty confident and i say i'm i'm shouting out pioneer dj i hope you guys can make it happen i want my streaming inside my three thousands please because that me is Me too you know in a few years they'll be everywhere in a few years you know they're, they're awesome players they're really really right. good and i really enjoy using them yeah it's just right now to get what i need to do i have to plug in a laptop and it's almost like a step backwards for me because i have to plug in a laptop but i will do that
0: because i want my link I have to have my link. I need my link. I need my link. Not a link. Yeah, exactly. No, that would be yeah. amazing. And and I do think it's it's um showing where Pioneer's going because if you think about just the updated 3000s and the Rev 7 alone, those two things show mm. they're listening to people and really trying to push oh, totally. things forward. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um and I, and I must say, you know, most of the time now in my gigs, I'm quite blessed. Like here in the UK, CDJs have been the standard club or bar equipment for 20 years now since the 1000s they've been the standard fitting yeah you don't really see turntables but the kind of spots that i play now we do have turntables in those spots and so i've spent most of my time in recent couple you know the past sort of three or so years um pre-pandemic as well has been with Mm -hmm. serato and phase because Phase has been another transformative product for me I as well. I love, I love Phase. It. I love. Fully it. sucked when it came out. It sucked so hard. It was garbage. I think it I missed. Terrible. I missed the but, sucking part or oh, something.
0: I waited a bit to get, get so it. Till, when I got it, it worked pretty flawlessly, and then only got better from there. Um, so I, I'm yeah, a. I, I, I love Phase. I don't even think about it anymore. I don't think I just plug it in
1: and go. I don't take needles with me anymore. I just take my phase, plug it in, and go. And it never even crosses my mind the fact that it might not work because it always works. And that to me, you know, I've always loved Serato and turntables. For me, there's still something really special about that. Right. You know, so I'll generally, you know, a lot of my gigs, I'll take out a a mixer, be it an S9, S11, maybe a Rain. I'll take a battle mixer out. I'll take my phase and my laptop, and I'm good. I'm set then. You know, that is is still incredibly comfortable. Serato for me is (laughs) like, It's like putting on your favorite pair of sneakers. It's so comfortable. And it's just, I've been using it since, yeah, the Scratch Live days. And, you know, it it feels very comfortable indeed. And so there's something about that. Yeah, comfort's a big thing as a DJ, right? You know, you need to feel, like I've got a really OCD thing about if there's cables under my feet in a booth,
0: I can't cope with it. I it's like I start I to go you, you nuts after a while. I start kicking it out of the way, like yeah. it's so annoying. Yeah. It throws me off uh, so bad. Exactly. It's, not like, me. <laughs> it's like just, me. just under yeah. one part of my foot. I'm like, just move this. Like I yeah. can't handle
1: it. Um, yeah, yeah, same. Comfort, such a big thing, man. And I find that really, yeah. This, so, so for me, yeah, like an S nine or an S eleven turntables and Serato. I'm I'm just like sitting in a in a nice cushion i'm there yeah. I'm, I'm good like, i feel i feel calm I feel relaxed i'm ready to rock like that that for me and like the Rev 7 though is you know pff, magic magic oh piece God. of kit they've they've taken it back now i'm hoping i can get it back again like they took it back i was almost in tears when they took it back i was like i
0: don't i don't I don't want it to go <laughs> oh uh, i haven't I gotten one into day. my house yet i'm like i need <laughs> i need to get this thing i've used it uh at you know pioneer but i haven't uh haven't gotten one no. at home yet. Well, there but, aren't any. Like, they, I know. They can't sell
1: them to people right now. They can't get them. And, I don't need I it. I mean, this is something that people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah. need it's, to like. It's not like it. I need it. I don't need this it. Weekend. I still want it. <laughs> no, I want it really bad. But I don't need it enough to be like hitting yeah. them up, stressing them out. Like, help me. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah I'm a bit concerned. Though. This is just something quite current. Like, I don't know if you've seen the, um, obviously, the supply chain crisis right yeah, now. Of course. The chip shortage, all a yeah. big thing the latest thing I saw like day before yesterday is that now Shenzhen, which is the main tech city in China where all the chips and everything comes from is now locked down again. So I saw that if you think it's hard to buy DJ stuff now, yeah, wait a couple of months because stuff's going to be backing up and backing up and backing up. And it's going to be even worse. Yeah, They closed like the Apple factory and stuff, right? Or a lot of, yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, you know, big love obviously to everyone out there. I hope they're all going to be okay. But like, it's, it's not it's not good that's going to pile on yet another level and obviously the stuff going on in, in you know eastern europe as well like it's it's going to be a pretty bad time so if you if you see something that you've been wanting to buy for a minute don't hesitate pick it up if you see it you're not going to get another chance to buy it. if you see it buy it because you know if there's something you like in two minds about even with cars you see it, you get see it. it. Yeah. yeah i guess yeah or everything with it and everything's got chips in it right do you know what i mean so Every product right now is, is yeah, it's going to be even worse. So just, that's more like PSA to the, to the audience there, like look out it's gonna worse again.
0: go buy shit while well, you can yeah. <laughs> um that's Dude, just go uh, buy stuff sorry I, that's my job to Make buy. Stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> your literal job is to make I people... speak to so many people they're like oh i've bought all these things because of you and i'm like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry
0: <laughs> they're like i live in a cardboard box but i've got an atem mini pro it's really great i can stream <laughs> from my box uh flawlessly if people think it's a mansion um <laughs> That's amazing. Um well uh let's see. I was going to um play you a clip of something. I was trying to do a little research for the podcast and I went on to Nick Spinelli's show. And I was walking my dog, listening. You guys are both hilarious, you know, saying funny things. And you had referenced him, like, fighting with someone on the previous show. So I had to go back and listen back to that. And I was like, that was that was pretty funny oh, yeah. to listen to. Um, uncomfortable. Yeah. But then I heard you guys talking. And, like, this thing happened to me. I was doing it during, during the, the Twitch, you know, pandemic days. But where I had accidentally played a podcast on Half Speed. And... It makes it sound like the people talking are, like, just drunk or just crazy (laughs) or something. And uh, and so sometimes I'll just go and listen to... The podcast on half speed and i 'm like this shit sounds hilarious, and so I was walking my dog yesterday, and I think my finger hit it on this one part, and you guys sounded like you were drunk, and i couldn 't like change it back and so I screen recorded it, and I thought it would be only right to try to play it uh, and see what we can uh, okay. hear from this so let 's see if this uh comes through probably
1: because i don 't mm. pay attention to that anymore i 'm out of touch i 'm not going to pretend. Like I went on the um the Mickey D's podcast. You sounded dry. that the DJ City guys do. I went on that, and Just they were ready. asking me about all the grime scene and stuff. I'm like trying to pretend like I know. I don't know any of <laughs> that. I don't know what's popping in the grime scene. I'm not a clue. Like, I'm just an old man who likes to play 45s and, like, (laughs) old disco edits, man. Like, that's what what I am. (laughs) So don't ask me about the grime, but if you, yeah, if you're asking me the future, the future of music right now—that's
0: horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> like that's back, horrible. Of the, back of the club talk. If you ask me the future of music, don't ask me about the grime. No man. one, no
1: <laughs> one should know what they sound like when they're drunk. And oh now I God. think I do. And I, I think this I is the drunk don't simulator. Like it one bit.
0: This is what they can do to kids. Be like, this is what you're gonna sound like. Either it'll make them want to drink or make them not want drink you're like you sound like
1: oh my god <laughs> oh my
0: god that's wait horrendous. let me see there I'm really may have comfortable been, with my voice uh, obviously but that is- yes no, no you sound great but it's there's something about slowing it down that just makes people sound yeah. like they're thinking about what they're talking about and when you're talking about the gripe don't ask me about i was, I was walking my dog just <laughs> laughing on the street people are looking at me i'm like i think there was maybe one other part <laughs> you're like africa that that's
1: horrendous. where it's all gonna be coming from for a long time to
0: it's come like, i'm telling you. You, bro i think you're right that really makes a lot of sense in different regions different countries because like yeah i feel like uh that whole culture and the oh my the, god the way right. they so just wanted to try that out and uh <laughs> glad i did that's
1: horrendous
0: <laughs> i i wish i'd never heard that, that i'm sorry a, well, i don't really drink I'm anyway sorry. to be honest so uh, that's all that's all good oh my I, god drinking so just um yeah Yeah, Just needed to play that. Yeah, see, so, well, I know, I played it. There was, during the Twitch time, I remember there was a few people that don't drink, and they came into my Twitch stream, and I put their podcast on, and I played at half speed, and they were like, (laughs) oh, my God. Um, So, yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, You talking about grime with a fake drunk voice. But so so you don't drink, so you don't really drink alcohol, but um, we had a past guest, an amazing DJ, SK83, write in and ask, why you don't drink caffeine anymore? And we've seen—I'll full screen your oh. video right here. You've got a Red Bull fridge in the back. Obviously, you've been part of a caffeine in your system. What's well, uh, what's the deal? Yeah. How do you wake up with children? What's what's your secret? Well, it,
1: this is the whole thing, man. It's like since my whole adult life, since I was a teenager, yeah, I've drunk—I drank like diet coke all day every day. A Diet like all Coke, day, just every day. I'd, I'd weird walk around with a two-liter really? bottle of Diet Coke, oh my man. Like two-liter bottle all day. Like when I was sitting, and I had like office jobs and stuff back in the day. I would sit there yeah. with a two-liter bottle of Diet Coke right next to me. Oh wow! And like I just always have, and so I've had always had this massive tolerance for caffeine right. because of that. And then when I had kids, that gradually evolved into red bull yeah and, you know sugar free always sugar free because if it wasn't sugar free i mean i'm you know fat and unhealthy already if, it, if i didn't drink <laughs> sugar free drinks i'd also be diabetic right now so <laughs> thankfully it was always sugar free right um okay. but like so yeah i just it just evolved into okay now it's one can of diet coke then a red bull one can of Di- and, and then eventually within the last couple of years especially connecting with the the good folks at red bull and they started sending us like cans and stuff and the yeah. fridge and all this like it just evolved into I just drink Red Bull all day, right. and there'd be some days when I've drunk like seven cans of Red oh, Bull. Oh god,
0: that's heart and attack like, right there! That,
1: but I had so much tolerance to it; it didn't really make any. It was just like drinking water to me, and I was just like, right. "This is, this is pretty bad." But I don't want to stop because it could be horrendous. Like I'll suddenly have no energy and I won't be able to do anything, and yeah, kids and I have to get up early and all this. And I just thought I can't do this, and I've never, I've never drunk tea or coffee. It's not my thing i like i like cans of drink and so in, out no, there. no no tea? not at all i can't be bothered with it man it's easier to just crack a can open isn't it rather than boil the kettle <laughs> true. And all this yeah kind of stuff. True. so you know i just and, and so i just did that and then in november i had a toothache and i had to go to the dentist and they gave me painkillers for a week like nothing heavy just right. like i was on ibuprofen and stuff for a week yeah i was like you know what i've been meaning to do this for a minute Let's just give up caffeine now because my mum, as well, this it probably came from my mum. My mum used to drink endless diet coke as well. Okay, she's in her 70s now, bless her. And like, she used to drink endless diet coke, she's given it up. And she had like horrendous withdrawal symptoms, like properly, like headaches and stuff for like a month. Like, couldn't, oh my god, that's happened to me. I get a crazy headache, yeah, when I've tried to stop it, yeah, so. And I was, like, scared of that. I didn't want to stop because I was scared of all that. And I thought, well, I'm on painkillers for a week anyway. Let's just stop drinking caffeine. Let's st- stop consuming it. And right. I did and didn't get any kind of withdrawal symptoms at all. And now I just drink water pretty much all the time. And I don't feel any different. <laughs> that's I, mean, that's the thing. I can't even say so you like, never I feel, feel better like, for it.
0: I, yeah, you never feel like you have to have a cup no. of coffee to wake up, a Red Bull, Coke, nothing.
1: No, I think I think I just reached such an equilibrium with it before, right? Where it really wasn't actually having an effect on me at all because I was just full of caffeine every, all day, right. every day. So now I've just taken that out of the equation. I just feel exactly like I did before. I can't say, oh, I feel like I'm full of the joys of spring and I'm all healthy and, and I don't feel any different right. at all. I feel exactly the same. <laughs> I'm full of the so joys of spring. So that's how crazy spring. it was.
0: <laughs> You always have good. Uh, you have good like sayings. Like I heard oh, the other thing on Nick Spinelli. You were like, "I turned on this show with my six year old, and you're effing and jeffing right from the beginning." And I was like, "That was the best term I've ever heard." Of like, if my kid starts swearing, be possible, be like, man. "Stop effing and jeffing! What are you doing?" <laughs> you <laughs> can't be can't
1: be cussing around the kids so it's not a good look
0: no i it's know it's not funny always i can't listen it's to so that. many things around my kid because like uh, either podcasts or music i want to hear it's like there's always something horrible going on and i know you don't curse on any of yeah. your streams or videos or any of that no that's good no.
1: it's uh, I just, it's funny like i uh, again going back to the early 2000s when we had this crazy internet connection in 2002 <laughs> we did like a radio show thing like an online stream radio show thing from home we leading the trend there you know but like we did yeah it. no i and was doing that too so i was doing you stream uh, yeah
0: i did live yeah, 365 yeah. UStream, stream like all those different platforms yeah it was all going down right yeah yeah
1: and like we we started doing that and i and that uh, You know, I was a young man at that time, and we had a few drinks in the studio, and we were like totally vibing out, and we were just cussing the whole show. And after about three episodes, we sort of listened to it back, and it's like this doesn't add anything to what we're doing. It doesn't add any. You know, there's no, there's no like benefit to cussing in a show. It doesn't make you sound cooler doesn't make you sound no. like more. it's somewhat of a crutch like, even
0: in live you know, events i notice yeah. myself doing like put your fucking hands up or what the you fucking yeah. crazy and it's like then i listen back i'm like i guess i could just say what i want to say i don't have to like it just accent add anything. yeah that's the yeah. thing it
1: doesn't it doesn't add anything and like i do swear all the time in in real life when i'm with adult right. company i swear constantly like i shock people because they've never <laughs> heard me swear like on streams or on videos or anything and they're like Kind of shocked by. Like it are you okay? Time. But Jeez. yeah all the time, I'm. Yeah, and like, but I, yeah, when it comes to content of any kind, I just I don't think it really adds anything. I don't think you need it to be uh, like an edge lord. You know I mean, like, right. it Doesn't matter. Yeah, I know you what know, you mean. There's nothing wrong. And then I think it's fine if the old thing comes out and just naturally that's okay. But if you just generally keep it on the low, I think that's better for everyone because I want everyone to be able to watch my content. Yeah, you know, I don't want to to exclude kids from. You know, I, I want kids to discover my. It's DJC true. and Pete yeah. videos and get into DJing and lo- you know I don't want to put anyone off you it's know very true. and there are people in this world who are offended by cussing too it's, it's certainly not me but like there are people who, yeah. who don't believe in it and wouldn't want to watch anything with too much swearing in it so yeah that's just my take on it it's, it's not any kind of moral thing it's just like practicality and like why why exclude anyone from what you do right. that's my take yeah. in a club I I I'm all a, I wouldn't really care in a club I'd be on that mic. Just like you, I think, because it, you know, everyone, everyone there is of age; they're old enough for the club. They're but I do not notice it's, about a, it's
0: just a thing yeah. that you fall back on just because you're like, yeah. I don't know, oh, yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah, like yeah. a crutch, you know, that you just lean on a little yeah. bit. Um, we had a uh, Vlats, the amazing Vlats, who helps uh, he film yeah, this show sometimes and edit and uh, DJ City Latino. Um runs that does so many things. He asked, Are you coming to NAM next year? Uh well, next year or this year? Well, is it this year? Is it uh because the one there, from January well, is got one. postponed. In, when yeah, is they've it? Like
1: moved it to June.
0: Oh, I think it's so, June oh well, that's pretty damn so soon. So
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty soon. I don't know. I I maybe it's it's a maybe right now. Like I I whether it I think it'll probably go ahead know, from the sound of it I don't know whether there's going to be much to see there I mean that's the thing like all right. of the because of these supply chain issues and stuff everything's like been released like the rev seven would have yeah, been announced right. product totally in January sure. and it's already out you know so I don't think there's going to be that much to see there but obviously I'd love a trip to come and see yeah. you know, come back to
0: l a and, and hang out so we'll, we'll see we'll right. see maybe um well do you have any uh if you have any questions for me or you have any uh you know special words for the DJs out there uh listening uh let me know. Well, special
1: words for the DJs. I mean <laughs> just just keep it keep it going like you know we've all had a terrible couple of years. It's been you know up and down for everybody. I'm I'm so impressed with the resilience of the whole community and and how yeah. People have have taken that time, and I said in a comment on a video the other day, like I wish the last two years had not happened how they did. Um, But for some people, it's been a good chance to get perspective on what they love about DJing. Certainly for me, it has. You know, I've reconnected with what I love about DJing and what makes me happy about DJing, and and I think that applies to a lot of people. You know, it, it really sucks that it had to happen this way, but it did. And I think you know, I'm I'm astonished at how. All of my DJ, you know, colleagues and friends and everybody that I've seen around the world is is has coped with this past two years. It's inspiring to me. And I'm so glad that the culture and DJing, it has persisted and it hasn't gone away. And it's been, because it was such a important part of people's lives during the pandemic as well. You know, music and streaming and everything else was, it was still a massively important thing. And it helped people cope with what they were going through. And, and some people still are to this day. And I just think, Yeah, it's reinforced for me how, how precious and wonderful music can be. And I think I'm just so proud of all my DJs out there who have just persevered with it and doing their thing. And whether you're playing bougie bottle service spots or you're just playing to 10 people on your Twitch stream at home, like whoever you are as a DJ. Yeah, just the biggest respect for everybody out there right now. It's been a tough time. And bless you all,
0: 100%. That's that's huge right there. I think, you know, that's very important and I think that's like a good observation and um, you know, DJs need to realize, yeah, we've made it through this time and um and I think a lot of the things you talked about on this show about you can be a full-time DJ. You know, you were a full-time DJ like you said for 5 years and then you started to take a step back and look at other things you're into and things that you can do and there's ways to still make a living and be a father and be a uh, be in this industry and still do it, you know, and, and find yeah. things you like and be a tech nerd and be able to make money from it and be happy and still follow through with your passion. Maybe not the exact way you had pictured since day one, right? But it's... Uh... Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, we all have to adapt and, and
1: deal with what things are thrown at us and everything else. And so I'm, I'm just so proud of how how DJs have done that. And I think, you know, don't don't lose sight of the fact that, that DJing is about bringing joy to people and bringing joy to their lives through music. And, and all DJs do that in, in their own unique and, and special ways. And I just, it just reinforces why it reinforces why I love DJing and what we do and how important it is. And, and so for me, yeah, it sucks. It had to happen this way, but it's been a very valuable time, I think in, in so many respects.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. And if you were going to like, You know, if a DJ only had a certain amount of money and they were going to invest into like a system that hopefully would last a long time, what would be like the gear that you would you would invest in? Because, you know, you see so many things come across your plate.
1: Well, I mean, you, you start off on like a tablet with DJ or something like that on a tablet and just get used to the concepts and the sure. ideas. If you want to then get some hardware, you spend $150, $200 on a basic record box or Serato DJ light controller. So, like a Newmark Mix Track or a DDJ 400 or something like that. And then. Yeah. You can. That will stay with you. Those skills you learn on there will stay with you. If you if you decide it's not for you, you haven't invested too much money, and you're not going to lose too much. It's the equivalent today of what we had in my day, which was buying a pair of belt drive turntables and a mixer. Yes. It's that you know. You used to yeah. spend when I when I worked in that retailer, you know that mail order place. We used to sell Newmark DJ in a box packages. Came with two. TT15 10 belt drive turntables and a blue dog mixer and that was 200 pounds so like equivalent to about $250 and we sold them like Christmas time by the truckload. do you know what I mean that's what we used to, so and that still exists today but it's a it's now it's a controller yeah um, and that's that's the way to go just get yourself any they're all pretty similar at that price range don't know you know the pick the one that appeals to you yeah Uh, hercules do some good ones now that work with serato as well there's there's loads of good stuff out there so pick up one of those and just see what starts floating your boat then and then after that that's the time to then start you expanding and getting higher end stuff just you'll you'll figure out then what kind of dj you want to be do you want to be a mobile DJ? Do you want to be a bar DJ, a club DJ, a Twitch DJ? You know, that's that's enough then to get you started and figure out what you want to do with your DJing as as you move forward and so that I would never say spend more than about 200 bucks on, yeah. on your starter kit. That's the way to go.
0: That's great. There you go. All you newbies listening, if you're trying to set somebody up. Um, amazing. Well, yo, I know it's late out there. Thank you for taking the time finally to come on the show. I know we're both part of the Beat yeah, Source. we uh, finally did it. Fam. Yeah, I'm so glad we did too. And I mean, talk about learning a lot. I already learned a lot from this episode. I got to go back and look up some of these cameras and lights <laughs> and all types of stuff. And, and just learning about your journey and your life, honestly, is super interesting and... um you know, it's it's amazing to see what you've built and and everything that you've done. You know, from from the beginning. And you know, as much as sometimes you you say like, oh, this and that about your DJing. Like, I love listening to you DJ on Twitch, and I love the liquid drum and bass sets. I love drum and bass, but I love uh, all the stuff. You know, the stuff that I don't know, and and just looking at all the work that you put into your Twitch stream. Um, is just impressive I, I'm and. I'm not a bad DJ. I know I'm not a bad DJ, yeah. man. Well, not, not know, at all. I've done my ten thousand hours. You're great.
1: I've done my ten thousand hours. I'm. I'm a not a bad DJ. No, you're dope. Experience, you know, is is what it's all about. And yeah, I know how to rock a party. I know how to. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> you know, to to structure a certain do. A, you know, that's a very comfortable place for me right now. So I'm I'm good with that. But yeah, you know, I I it's if you enjoy what you do. It never feels like work right i mean it never yeah. does that's the whole thing that's the Tishé, truth but it's true you know? good
0: uh good thing to end on mojax thank you so much and uh i'll see you i'll see you in the dj city uk lab when i'm watching you <laughs> big ups <laughs> or thank the you, beat man. source one sorry <laughs> all right we'll talk to you soon get it right peace oh man what a pleasure having mojax on the show huge thank you to him for coming on the show blessing us with all that knowledge and insight and everything i'm gonna go back rewind and write down some of that equipment stuff so i can learn from it um and thank you guys the beat sorcerers for tuning in week after week really appreciate it we will be back next week hit me on instagram if you want to keep in touch or give me any uh, suggestions or whatever at DJ Spider, DJ S P I D E R. The Twenty Podcast is produced by Beat Source. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was the Twenty with DJ Spider.